Hey everyone, it's Bernie from Burn Appetit and the Three Beers in a Mic Extended Universe, and I'm here to talk to you about something that is not only delicious, but also makes an impact. Thrive Coffee is a non-profit craft coffee roaster based out of Richmond, Virginia, who uses coffee to create careers and training opportunities for individuals with disabilities. Founded in 2019, Thrive Coffee's beans are locally roasted in small batches to ensure the highest quality, and they ship nationwide. They have five blends, including Campfire, Red Bike, Dogwood, Decaf, and even a fun seasonal castaway summer blend for when you just want to get away and enjoy a great cup of coffee. And their five single origins are Colombia, Kenya, Sumatra, Honduras, and Brazil. And just three bags sold pays for one hour work for their differently abled employees. So it sounds like a Brazilian good reasons to check out their website at drinkthrive.org. Or their social media at Drink Thrive Co. to buy a few bags today. And as an added bonus, Drink Thrive is giving our listeners a special promo code that gives you 15% off your first order. Just head over to drinkthrive.org and enter three beers at checkout. Again, that's drinkthrive.org, promo code three beers. Let's support this great cause. Let me get this straight. You're going to put your crown into the eternal flame. And then you'll suddenly grow as big as a house? Allow me to introduce myself. My name is Cork. I'm kind of like the leader in here. Every time I threw it, you'll always come back. If you help me get back to Asgard, I can help you get back to Earth. The long story. Not in a creepy way, it's just more of a respectful appreciation. I think it's great that there is a, an elite force of women warriors. It's about time. Hello everyone and welcome back to yet a, another episode of Three Beers and an MCU. Name still pending. I am your host, Bernie or Bern Appetit. And as always, I am joined by two co-hosts. You know them as King Glugwort and Puddle Gulp. Please welcome to the show, Dwayne and Skay. Say hello, <laughs> fellas. Hello, fellas. Hey there. This is very topical, uh, stupid names off the top, uh, which we will get into. But also, you may have seen them in the newest episode of Loki, episode five that came out today. No spoilers, though. Spoiler nice. alert, yeah. Today we are doing Thor 3 Ragnarok, and we have a super special guest. A blast from Dwayne's past. Dwayne, why don't you do the honors and introduce the guest? <laughs> uh, welcome, Mike, to the show. Long-time listener, first-time guest. <laughs> first-time caller, that's right. Very, very long-time listener, going all the way back to the beginning. Hello, hello. Hey, everybody. Okay. Bernie, I can't wait till I've uh, I can't wait till earlier enough that I get a cool nickname at the top of the show. I think <laughs> gotta, gotta earn it. it. It took me way longer than I'd like to admit to come up with those. <laughs> you can take Puddle Gulper. You can have mine. No, he can be um, he can be Sleepnir, which is Thor's horse in the comics that he rides around on. Oh, sweet. You could be him, I guess. Uh. Yeah, so like I said, we are doing Thor Ragnarok. But before we get into all that good stuff, we have 
two segments we have to do. We love segments on the show. The first one is what are we drinking? Dwayne, start us off. All right. I got uh, three different beers today. I was listening to uh, Bearing It Easy, and they were talking about a dark lager they had. So I found this black lager by Equal Parts Brewing. It's, actually, it's pretty good. It's It's got a little coffee taste to it, but not bad. Not really a summer beer, but I'll drink it anyways. <laughs> now, once you've had the black <laughs> lager, are you going to go back? To the regular lager? <laughs> yes, I will. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> what else are you drinking? I have uh, Real Ale's 8-track. Uh, it's an amber. I've never seen it before, but... So, hmm. thought I'd give that a try. And then I have uh, Firestone Walker's 805 Cerveza. Ooh, ooh, a little twist to the 805. Um, I love that brewery. Um they are in uh, just outside Paso Robles in California, which is outside Bakersfield, where I lived for a couple years. Um, that brewery is awesome. I love 805, one of my favorite beers. You, you know, it's the same company that makes the tires. They also make wine, too. Fun fact. Makes the tires? Yeah, what tires do they make? Firestone. Firestone. Oh, I had no idea. <laughs> well, I mean, that's obvious progression tires beer and wine <laughs> of course i should have made the connection mike what are you drinking i've got well you know Dwayne and i met up in boston obviously uh a good uh, born and bred boston boy i have my three sam adams here and i know from uh listening to some of your fine work on the prior episodes of the podcast that the sam adams varieties are a popular choice amongst the crew i've got a couple of uh, summer varieties Dwayne. so I'll, I'll pick up the slack for you not having some summer seasonals i've got uh porch rocker and launcher lager so nice in the full oh, summer porch rocker is really good i like that a lot yeah, I love these. You are the perfect guest. This is amazing. <laughs> Half the yokels we have on the show don't even know what they're doing. They don't have three beers. <laughs> <laughs> even some of our co-hosts that we have on. Whoa. Speaking of which, Skay, what are you drinking? Oh, boy. Well, um, I was in a rush tonight, so I ran to the beer store next door, and I saw hey, this. See what I'm talking about? Pabst uh, Blue Ribbon Hard Coffee. I got the salted caramel or caramel, depending on your preference, uh, salted caramel uh, hard coffee. It's pretty good. Wow. Tastes nice. like coffee. What do you mean? Why? Just the one? Just the no. One. Well, I got three more of these in the fridge. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, it's gonna be pretty sweet. I put, I should put it on ice. Ice would be really good. Ice this thing right. down. So, what were you doing that you were in such a hurry that you grabbed just the Paps coffees <laughs> and you literally stuck your arm five inches to your right to grab something else? Well, I saw this and it was a four pack and it was perfect. Like mm -hmm. I just grabbed it. it. You know, I only needed three, got four. Mm -hmm. Um. So it just worked out perfect. I've had the I've had the regular one, not the salted the caramel. Paps? Yeah, we've had no, it no, the, the regular yeah. coffee one. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not bad, but I don't know how you're gonna drink more than one. Well, I never thought of Pap 
Just I never thought of Pabst as a as a as a, a beer that they made like lots of fruity flavors of. Like I thought Pabst was just Pabst. That's well, like, if you look, it's just it's malt. It's just a malt base to it, and then they add flavors. Yeah, it's not it's not a beer at all. It's like a you get like an iced coffee at Dunkin' Donuts <laughs> or wherever, and there's also alcohol in it. <laughs> what percent? Like four? It's five percent. Strong. Five. Yeah. It's getting shitty over here. Five percent ain't shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I have a Kona Brewing variety pack. It has two pale ales in it. It has the longboard lager and the big wave golden ale. So that's fun. Very festive summery beers. Um, love Kona Brewing. Don't see it that often. So when I saw the uh, 12 pack variety, I was like, ooh, I'm going to pick that up. So, all right, Dwayne. It's your time to shine, baby. Read us that IMDb synopsis for Thor Ragnarok. Imprisoned on the planet Sakaar, Thor must race against time to return to Asgard and stop Ragnarok the destruction of his world at the hands of the powerful and ruthless villain Hela. I have problems with that. Why? Because it's not Hela that's uh, going to cause Ragnarok. Oh, we don't know that yet. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do. You watch the movie. <laughs> so who is it going to be, Dwayne? It's, uh, what is his name? Saltar or whatever. Sartar. 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 Um, Saltar. Saltar sounds like a Power Rangers villain or something like that. <laughs> Goldar. Goldar is going to create a Ragnarok. <laughs> um, uh, technically, he wasn't going to. He was going to try to do it at the beginning, but he was stopped, and then Hela was going to do it, right? So it's not that far off. But uh, I thought she wanted to rule it, though. She didn't want to destroy it, Asgard, right? Uh, yeah, you're right. She wanted to destroy all the other realms and bring them under her role. We'll get into it. Why are we talking about? It? Why are we spoiling? <laughs> movie off the bat. Uh, yeah, let's hop into it. So this movie came out in 2017. It is the 17th movie in release order. Um, the movie opens with Thor being in a cage. Um, he's like talking to the camera. Uh, he said he had to get captured in order to get answers from someone or something. Um, he talks about going through the cosmos, looking for infinity stones, didn't find any. And he found a path of death and destruction, which led him to this cage. Uh, so you think he's talking to you and then it, the camera pans out and there's like a skeleton in the cage with him that he's talking to. <laughs> And then, like his bone, like the bones, like fall down. <laughs> that kind of sets the tone of this movie, like right away, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, the first thirty seconds of the movie, you can tell this is so much different than the other two Thors, um, in the best way possible, too. Um, it's really what Thor needed. Thor being like, not necessarily like dark movies but like so like serious and stuff versus all the other mcu movies which are like action-packed and like basically like action comedies it's just like a weird weird vibe um so it's really nice to have 
uh, more humor based in this movie versus the other Thors. Um, he falls through the cage and he's dangling by the chains. Um, here we meet Surtur, a fire demon looking guy. Thor says he thought his dad killed him a while ago. Uh, Surtur says he can't die until he destroys Asgard. Um, as Thor is talking, he's slowly rotating in the chains that, that he's like, <laughs> suspended by. So he tells him to wait as he has to rotate back and look at him so he can keep talking. <laughs> this um, is awesome. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant comedy right off the bat. Uh, I laughed so hard as he, they did it like three times. They had him stop and wait. To eat, to eat and it wasn't like he just like kept spinning pretty fast. Like it was a lot. There was a long <laughs> was time before slow. he came around. Yeah. So, Scan, Mike, what are your thoughts the first time seeing this movie versus the other Thors? I mean, I think that they earned. I think they earned the the ability to do this movie based on the two that came before, right? I mean, I think that's the that's the amazing thing about this movie is if they just jumped in at the beginning of the Thor series with Thor as a wisecracking guy, you know, hilarious comedy, doing all this stuff. I don't think it would have worked. And you're totally right, Bernie. It's different than the other Marvel movies, and in some ways, this is what we want from a Marvel movie. But like. The, all the Shakespearean stuff that they did with the first two and kind of setting up all the mythology, like it pays off big time. And now they're just able to kind of lean into Hemsworth and have a little fun. Definitely, the, like you guys said, I mean, right off the bat, you know, this is going to be a different movie. Both of the other movies open with Odin doing a voiceover where he's doing some super serious recounting of the mythology of Asgard mm-hmm. and telling us all about the the villain or like what's what special things happened in history that are going to set up the current conflict. And this is just like a total you know, to- totally turning that on his head with Thor talking to the skeleton in the in the cage. So I loved it, but I don't think it would have worked if they hadn't set it up with the other movies. I think it's like masterful that they that they set it up that way to kind of really get to this point. Yeah, that's a really great point that if this was Thor 1 and they started off the bat with that, um, comic nerds would have rioted because like, what is Thor joking around for? You know, he's, he's supposed to be the god of thunder. <laughs> Um, yeah that's a really great point that um, they did earn it Uh, Skay what are your thoughts Uh, I kind of agree with that plus it you know kind of with the team up movies that were going on I think Thor kind of like grew into that a little bit like you know his interactions with the other Avengers and stuff Mm kind of started rubbing off on him and he got he loosened up a little bit yeah yeah for sure definitely in the Avengers movies I think in phase one, they really wanted Thor. They wanted the, all the heroes to be very different from one another so that when they got them all together, they could kind of show how they all don't mesh, right? Like they're all just very mm-hmm. different and that's going to lead to a lot of conflict. So I think that they had Thor as kind of like the, you know, the the brawny dumb guy um, who's, uh, you know, doesn't, not not all there and, and definitely not smart like like Tony and, and, and Hulk. That was a great way to kind of set up that, you know, uh, kind of like odd couple, like bunch of misfits kind of dynamic in the first Avengers, right? But but you're right, it's gay. Like this is like, you know, this is them kind of like showing a lot of evolution for for Thor and moving him into something different, which is awesome because I mean that's what you want to see, right? Is that this guy is like, you know, he's changing with all he's this growing. Stuff that's up to him. He's that growth from right. life, you know. Yeah, great points. Really interesting. Um, Surtur um, tells Thor he has to reunite his crown with the internal flame, so he's restored to his full might. Thor asks him where the crown is, and Surtur points to his head, 
And um, Thor makes a comment about how, oh, he didn't know that was a crown. He thought it was his eyebrows or something. <laughs> thought it was uh, a big eyebrow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Thor says, so all I have to do to stop Ragnarok is just tear that thing off your head? <laughs> um, Surtur <laughs> says, it's already begun. You can't stop it. So we'll see over the next about two hours and 15 minutes whether or not that's true. Um, he... Uh, he gives this big speech about stopping him because that's what heroes do. And um, he's holding his hand behind his back to call for Molnir. And uh, it doesn't come right away. And he says, oops, I didn't plan that right. Wait a sec. <laughs> they're both just kind of standing there waiting. And you can hear Molnir like breaking through stuff in the background, like uh, through rocks and stuff. Um, and then it comes to him. He breaks free and he starts to fight a whole bunch of... Um, Lava minions is what I wrote down. I don't know how else to describe it. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, it's probably probably works. He throws his hammer in a circle, and it's just like destroying all these minions. And it looks really cool. Skay, you have a lot of opinions about Molnir, the sound of it, the look of it. <laughs> what are your thoughts on uh, this scene of him using this hammer? I mean, this is good. This is good. It's not like stupid. You can see what's going on here. Unlike what was that uh, Dark World or Thor One, mm-hmm. where it was very dark in some of those fighting scenes. The sound is fine. You know, no problem with the sound here. <laughs> um, and then, of course, later on in the movie, we'll talk a little bit more about Thor's powers. But <laughs> uh, plus, they have fucking Led Zeppelin playing in the background of this yeah. fight. So, yes. I mean, perfect, awesome. Yeah, this uh, is Mark. this is the part where I really thought. Did anybody else get serious Guardians vibes when the song starts playing? It's like I don't think we have that song in a Thor movie unless Guardians is as big of a hit as. Yeah, it that's what I was just gonna say. Marvel uh, took uh, a lot of notes from Guardians, and now all their movies have like good music in it. Now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, For it's sure. definitely Guardians. This, but this scene brought me back to Thor one when he we first see him using the hammer and he's whipping around just kicking ass, and I was like, yes. Yeah. Let's get back to that. <laughs> With better sound. Right, exactly. <laughs> no dink, dink, dink all fucking day. Smashing, smashing those minions. Skate doesn't like the dink sound like a ba- like a shitty um, baseball bat. I've been following your your obsession with the sound of Thor Sammer's case. I have to admit, it's it's not a, not an aspect of the films that I really considered before I listened to the podcast. But you really well, make a compelling case that I've leaned, that's something I've, needs to change. I lean pretty heavily on like the superhero powers, you know, that's, I, I wanted, like, I like the strong ones, you know, and that dink was, it just didn't, it made him sound <laughs> weak, you know, dink, 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 like, fuck, man, is he the god of hammers or what? So you just reminded me of something, game that we always do, and I almost forgot. Oh. It has to do with Ding. So since we're talking about Ding, we might as well also talk about Dongs as well. Uh, so, Mike, you have a couple questions you have to answer here. Um, Bernie the Segway King. Captain America, when he was injected with the Super Soldier Serum and he grew, got bigger, did his dick grow with him or did it remain the same size? <laughs> I'm going to go with, I, I'm going to have to say that I think it probably grew with him, but I, I do think that 
the uh, this movie actually focuses a lot on uh, the size of certain pieces of anatomy in various scenes. So I think this movie is is uh, right in line with you, the the way your mind works, Bernie. <laughs> what happens later on? It is true. Uh, no spoilers, but there is some dong in this. Well, dong talk in this movie. <laughs> we don't get to see it, um, which is a real bummer. Yeah, Bernie was disappointed um, by that. The second question <laughs> to answer is. Which Avengers body type is your favorite? Cannot pick Black Widow. <laughs> or, uh, or Scarlet Witch. <laughs> yeah, or Scarlet Witch. Uh, for or example, Scar- I'm a Thor man, so uh, I pick Thor. Skay picks Mickey Rourke Whiplash. <laughs> no, no, no. No, I pick Drax. Come on, oh, yeah. Drax. Yeah, yeah, Drax. Destroyer of my butt. And, Dwayne, uh, Captain America, I think. Yeah. Hmm. This is this is a tough one. This is a tough one. I think uh, probably the one that made the biggest impression on me. I mean, Thor is a good choice, Bernie. I have to say, I thought of you immediately watching this movie because I know we talk a lot about their costumes in these movies, and I think you guys correct me if I'm wrong, but I think when Thor shows up with his sleeveless costume and we get the Thor arms throughout this movie. I think that's the first time he's not wearing sleeves in the series. And it's like all about his arms for the whole time. So that's, uh, that's hard to beat, but I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with Chris Pratt as star Lord in, in guardians one, uh, the prison scene when, uh, Chris Pratt shows his transformation from, uh, his, his television roles where he is not mm-hmm. a, buff superhero into what becomes star lord i think that's my that's going to be my uh my pick for sure wow now have you seen kumail's from eternals because mm. i have it's pretty wild too <laughs> too just shredded i don't know what they are what program they're putting these guys on but yeah he he looks incredible i guess it's they just goes should, to show. Like, they should put out like a self like Help like yeah, exercise like a, book mm-hmm. slash nutrition a superhero book, like, uh, yeah. training or something. Yeah, because Jesus Christ, they would sell so many of those goddamn things. Like, do th- work out four hours a day and eat chicken eight times a day, and you can you can look like yeah. in six months. <laughs> I guess I could write the book. Fuck you, Marvel. Yeah, uh, there you go. You got it. So does that does that is that a good answer? Does that rate? Um, uh, great answers. It's a fine answer. He's, I mean, he's, yeah. he looks good, but he's not intimidating. You know? It doesn't matter. Every answer is better than Rami. So he <laughs> <laughs> picked Ant Man. I I heard. I know. <laughs> he's a power bottom. Anyway, uh, so Thor knocks the crown off of uh, Surtur's head. He calls for Heimdall to beat him up, but he's not there. Instead, Scourge is there, aka the Executioner, and uh, he's shown off the Bifrost to some uh, to some hotties. <laughs> he shows them <laughs> his stuff, some trinkets that he uh, got from all over the realms, and uh, he he pulls out some assault rifles. Um, I wonder if uh, these assault rifles are important in a later scene in the movie. Maybe a smoking gun. <laughs> Uh, I was thinking that maybe a Chekhov's gun <laughs> for the first time in these movies. We talk about it every episode. We actually have Chekhov's gun in this movie. <laughs> and their names are Des and 
Troy. <laughs> so, destroy, ha ha, ha. And he got them from Texas, he mentions. So, yeah, you know, Dwayne. Texas. Your neck of the woods. <laughs> yep. Gone from Dwayne's basement. <laughs> um, we don't have basements in Texas. Oh, yeah. I forgot. <laughs> Uh, your he got him from your foyer. <laughs> Is that better? Sure. Um, I remember the first time seeing this movie, being so confused by this scene, right? Because we, if you're, you know, I've watched, I've seen all the Marvel movies, and in the order that they came out, and and you have no idea what the hell's going on in Asgard at this point in time, right? Thor kind of yeah. talks about it in that first scene about how he's. He's been searching the cosmos for infinity stones. So you kind of get like a very limited idea that he hasn't been around in a while. And so I guess yeah. you could think maybe things have changed, but when they cut to that scene and we don't know any of these people, um, I was yeah. just like, what, what are we supposed to be taking away from this? Um, and with the big cliffhanger that happened at the end of, of the dark world, right. With, with Loki kind of revealing himself on the throne, it's like, you yeah. know, you know they've got some explaining to do, but they don't go straight to Loki. They don't get anything like that. Instead, we've got this brand new guy here um, with, as you say, with Chekhov, Chekhov's gun. So this is one scene that I thought played way better uh, the second and third time through the movie when you kind of know a little bit about what's going on because yeah. it's just not so disorienting. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's just some guy you don't know, like being an idiot, showing off stuff to two girls you don't even know or have seen. and It's just like <laughs> out of nowhere. You're like, what is happening right now? Uh, so he eventually beams Thor up after a big dragon is kind of chasing him around. Right before the dragon's about to bite him, he gets beamed up. And only the dragon's head that manages to get beamed up as well. So whenever it comes through the portal um, or space beam or whatever, it, uh, <laughs> its guts and stuff just <laughs> explode all, everywhere, all over Scourge and all over the girls. Uh, pretty funny, actually. Uh, let's see. We find out that Heimdall left, and they consider him a traitor and a fugitive of the throne. Um, would have been nice to see a scene of that happening versus like a throwaway line from Scourge. But <laughs> yeah, they they don't explain why yeah. at all, right? Um, yeah, um, they just say that he was charged with neg negligence of his duties. Um, mm -hmm. from the last movie, and that he disappeared before the trial. So. Yeah, I mean it's just like yeah. a throwaway, throwaway line there. Like, um, that's what I mean. It's like this is the and it doesn't kill the movie, of course, by any means. Like it's not it's not a fatal flaw. But this is the only part of the movie that I think doesn't really flow well. Like you're dropped into this piece and you're just like, oh, so there's a whole bunch of stuff, but we don't really have any clue uh, what that's all about. I think you're probably going to talk a little bit about the next scene and and the, my my questions were the same in the next scene as well. It's like what's how are we supposed to figure out what's happening here. Yeah, so Thor flies back to the palace and he sees a big statue of Loki, so he's already thinking something's afoot. Uh, <laughs> he walks in and Odin is watching a play, um, which is basically like the end of Thor 2. Um, that's being performed by uh, Matt Damon. He's playing uh, Loki. Uh, Skay, what was your first thoughts of seeing Matt Damon in this movie in such like a little role? Uh, I don't know. I thought it was kind of funny. I was wanting uh, like Ben Affleck to be Thor, just to have those guys team up again. But 
course, I was disappointed in that. But I, yeah, I thought it was uh, interesting. Did recognize yeah. Matt Damon pretty immediately. Yeah, I had to do like a double take in the movie theater, like watching it. I'm like, wait, is that Matt Damon? No, that can't be Matt Damon. Why would Matt Damon be playing this uh, actor Loki? In this <laughs> and movie? they kept it quiet, right? They never said yeah. anything about him being in the movie. <laughs> it's just like so random and funny. Um, uh, actor Thor is is Luke, Luke Hemsworth, so it's it's yep. Chris's brother, and that I didn't pick up on it all either you know right off the bat until i was like googling it afterwards so we pretty uh, uh, that up about two minutes before you came onto the, the <laughs> stream here we googled that to see who that guy was so we too did not pick that up and then, and then odin was uh the guy from uh jurassic park the uh oh, yeah. the scientist guy the main doctor there Oh no way! I didn't pick. I still hadn't picked up on that. That's, really? that's that wasn't that wasn't Anthony Hopkins. Oh, you mean Odin on stage? Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Come on, Skay. Um. So in the play, he apologizes for turning Thor into a frog, but it was hilarious. Um, this is what I meant by it's very timely with this week's episode of Loki. No spoilers, but um. That is an actual uh, comic arc from Walt Simonson's Thor run. Uh, Loki turns Thor into a frog, and he meets with another frog um, named Puddle Gulp. (laughs) See what I did there? (laughs) And uh, these frogs are fighting a bunch of rats in Central Park. So Thor joins the frog army to help destroy the rats. Um... And Puddle Gulp ends up picking up a sliver of Molnir that fell off when um, Sleepnir, Thor's horse, or Mike, as you may also know him, um, <laughs> steps on Thor's hammer and like takes a little, like a little tiny piece off. And this Puddle Gulp picks it up, and he's transformed into Throg, Frog Thor. So that's all very exciting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God, I can't. Did you Google, man? Did you Google that, Bernie, or did you actually read this? Uh, I read it. It's one of my favorite um, comic runs. Um, it changes Thor. Um, so Thor before that was a doctor named Donald Blake, who would carry around a. He found a walking stick in a cave in Europe somewhere, and um, he smacks it on the ground, and then he transforms into Thor. But it's on like a timer. So after a certain amount of time, he would change back to Donald Blank, who walks with like a limp. So he's like real weak and feeble and like a gigantic pussy. So like basically every every issue is like Thor's fighting bad guy. Thor uh, bad guy turns his back for one second, and Thor transforms back into this weak doctor. And then the bad guy's like, "Hey, where'd Thor go? It's just this weak guy sitting here." And he has to transform back. It's stupid, but uh, this Walt Simonson run. Uh, changes all that. Uh, I'll try to wrap this up real quick because <laughs> I don't think anyone cares. But uh, a uh, alien named Beta Ray Bill um, is able to wield Molnir, and they fight for the right to carry Molnir uh, because Beta Ray Bill needs to save his people from an uh, attack from other aliens. And uh, so Beta Ray Bill beats Thor. Odin stops it before he kills him, but he would have killed Thor. 
And instead of giving him Molnir, he gives him a weapon called Stormbreaker. And then he takes the enchantment that was inside Molnir that um, um, was responsible for changing Thor from Donald Blake into Thor. And he put that in Stormbreaker instead. So then Thor just as became Thor. He's always Thor. And then Stormbreaker, we actually see in a future movie, maybe? I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Spoilers. Don't want to spoil anything, but yeah. Mm. Anyway, he basically I did, I never Thor, not a gigantic pussy. <laughs> so, go ahead, Mike. I'm sorry. No, I never knew that. That's that, I didn't know. Uh, no spoilers on the future movies, but I didn't know there was a history there. Yeah, it's actually a super cool run. Uh, one of my favorite in all of comics. And if anyone's interested in reading anything about Thor, that is the run to read. It's by far the best. So. It's gay. I'm sure you'll be doing that, right? Uh, I think you summarized it perfectly. I don't know that I have to read those now. <laughs> well, we're going to do a podcast on issue by issue. <laughs> all, like all 60 issues, 1,200 I think, pages. Gay. I think I'm busy during every one of those recordings. I got <laughs> shit coming up here. So Yeah, but th- those will only last like 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, it'll be quick. Not long. Uh, Skay will be commenting on the on the sound effects in the comics that the hammer makes, like the word balloons. Is it it. a thunk or (laughs) or what? Hey Dwayne, speaking of not lasting long um, (laughs) Thor's uh, believing that that's actually Odin didn't last very long. Because he had he was very suspicious right away. Yeah. He wasn't. He wasn't what acting suspicious at all either. Yeah, like Odin totally sits like or lays like that and eats grapes and all that stuff. <laughs> um, no, you can immediately tell that that was Loki. Um, so uh, and he was Thor, shitting his pants. <laughs> yeah, Thor grabs him and uh, he tells him to turn back into himself, or uh, he's gonna hurt him. And he throws his hammer and he just holds him by the back of the neck and he. He's just waiting for the hammer to come back to his hand and yeah, like basically he, go through his head. He's like, the hammer always comes back to my hand. <laughs> Puts his hand on the back <laughs> of his head. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty sweet. That's cool. Um, so yeah, Loki transforms back into himself, and Scourge comes in and announces that Thor has arrived. Um, <laughs> after all that happened. Uh, Loki tells Thor he knows where Odin is. He's on Earth. Um Loki casts a spell on him and put him in a nursing home called Shady Acres, uh, which is a nursing facility that is in a whole ton of stuff, mostly comedies. Um, it's the nursing home in South Park, Happy Gilmore, Ace Ventura. Um, it's like a it's like a running gag that uh, a make believe nursing home is always called Shady Acres. Hmm. Did you guys know that? That's pretty I didn't know that. I did not yeah. pick up on that. We're getting all kinds of uh, trivia today. Dropping Easter knowledge. Eggs. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I just love the idea in this scene that like that Loki's been in charge of Asgard all this time that Thor's been mm-hmm. gone, and in, instead of like some incredibly evil diabolical plan to kind of like take over the universe or the nine realms or some other dramatic thing, he's basically just messing with everyone. He's putting on plays that portray him as awesome and having this incredibly noble Loki having this noble death and 
having grapes and just she's just goofing around. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's it really yeah, fits the whole God of Mischief things. I thought that was great. Yeah, of all the movies, he's talking about like these grand schemes of like once he's in power, he's going to take over the realms, and then he is in charge, and then he does nothing. He yeah, does he's nothing probably like, yeah, that's like, too much work. He had one. <laughs> he had one statue built, and that was about it. And then he cast the play. I assume. I assume he was in charge of casting. <laughs> Matt Damon was a good choice. Um. A strange portal opens up under Loki's feet and he disappears. Mm. Uh, a strange portal. Strange. Uh. Mm. Oh, see what you did there. <laughs> how, how long did it take you to write that? <laughs> Two seconds. I was like, oh, this, this is going to be hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> um, all that's left is a business card with an address on it. Uh, where is that address to, Skay? Oh, that's the Sanctum San- Santorum. Yeah. yeah, you did it. Remember, job, Skay? I'm so proud of you. You're gonna be a comic nerd in any minute. <laughs> you basically are now with all all the stuff that you know and you've learned over the course of doing 19 of these episodes. Is there gonna be a quiz at the end of this? Absolutely. Nope, you have to go to a Comic Con then. Oh man. <laughs> That's where you do the quiz, and if you fail, we have to redo all the movies. <laughs> I need more trivia. You did you gotta lump in some more trivia for me there. Okay, what was the name of the frog king? Um <laughs> oh, god. oh god. So what you call Dwayne at the beginning? There you go. Uh, I don't remember it, Christ. King Galwart. Anyway, um, so the next scene is the end credit scene that was from the last movie we did, Doctor Strange. Now, this isn't the first time Marvel has uh, basically taken an end credit scene and then have it be the actual scene in um, another movie. They did that for, uh, I believe it was Ant-Man. Right where they had a scene from Civil War, did they? Oh yeah, yeah. They had, um, when a soldier's arm, right? Yeah, and they had, and then um, Sam and Captain were talking to him while his arm was in that like vice, vice or whatever. Yeah, and you're right. And, um, I feel like that's so lazy when they do that. I don't know why. I just I don't like it. But whatever. <laughs> um, it's because you want something new. You've already seen it, right? You're like. Yeah, oh, I really just want—I want to see something new on this. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, the original—they did extend it, but it—it it still was the the basic part of the scene was the information was already given to us. It was word for word, and then it, you just saw b- before and after it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't know. It was, yeah. You you want something new in those after scenes? You want something that's like really you know unique? That's what they were doing at the beginning of the of the series, right? If it's just a preview of a scene from the next movie, it's like. What is this a glorified, you know, a, a trailer cut or something? I mean, it's a, yeah, you're, you're looking for something. What it was. Yeah, yeah, it's annoying. Um, I'm 100 percent with you, Bernie. I knew I liked you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Strange knows where Odin is, but he doesn't want to be disturbed. But we're going to go disturb him anyway because we need a movie to happen over the next two hours. <laughs> so he's in Norway home of the Vikings 
not the Minnesota Vikings. These are the Norway Vikings. <laughs> Strange has really picked up a lot um, since the last time we saw him. Like, he's like a pro now. Yeah. Like, he's like whipping his hands all over the place. And like, it's insane what he can do now versus, versus uh, his movie. Um, Thor calls his hammer. And um, again, you can hear it just destroying a whole bunch of shit in the background <laughs> of um, Doctor Strange's. Uh, I don't want to call it a museum, but his little uh, what would you call it? Artifacts that he has his all over stuff. the Sanctum Santorum. His relics. <laughs> yeah, yeah, his relics. His hoard. Like his game room. His collection. Yeah. He's like Rami. He's just got a collection. <laughs> Big one. Mm-hmm. Knocks over all his Funko Pops. <laughs> uh, so uh, anyway, Doctor Strange uh, basically throws the portal at him. He can do that now. You don't have to walk through the portal. He can like throw a portal at you and you can be uh, teleported. So he teleports him to Norway and Odin is standing there on a cliff looking at the water. Um. How long do you guys think Odin was standing there? <laughs> there's literally, there's literally nothing, nothing around. <laughs> yeah, you could have been standing there for fucking ever. He's like, I know they're coming uh, any minute now. <laughs> oh man! And it would have been really cool if they actually filmed it. I know. I mean, you obviously wouldn't fly to like actual Norway or Ireland um, to film that scene at the cliffs there, but. Uh, the the CGI cliff and ocean and stuff I thought kind of looked pretty shitty. Mm-hmm. Like you could tell. I saw you guys. I don't know. You guys were knocking the CGI in, in, in the prior movies, and and maybe I just don't. Maybe I'm just not paying close enough attention to it. But I haven't noticed the bad CGI in these movies. It's just I, you know I've had other issues with some of the scenes, and some of the fight scenes are better than others, obviously. But I haven't noticed all the bad CGI. You guys would definitely like pick up on that it's, right away. It's hit or miss. It's like not. None of the movies have bad CGI like all the time throughout it, but there's like, like for example, Age of Ultron, the beginning scene in the snow, the white background just makes the CGI look worse. You know what I mean? Just because of the mm. the, the light dynamic of it. You know what I mean? It like makes it look more fake. Um, but I mean, it is what it is. It's not on the it list of complaints. Doesn't take you out of the yeah. Doesn't yeah, take you out of the movie. Out of it. It's just I'm nitpicking at this point. Um, yeah. yeah, I haven't noticed it, but again, I think you guys are a little bit more tuned to that than I am. We, uh, I basically watch this these movies to look for shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta have something to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> we're just gonna sit here and circle jerk each other over Thor for three hours. You guys, uh, I mean, I've noticed. Us? Actually, I do want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at I'm looking at Odin like this guy looks like he's he's uh, you know like when did Odin go to Brooks Brothers and get outfitted with the old man clothes and he's got his uh, pants <laughs> hiked up to his to his nipples and you guys are noticing CGI so it's you know different different strokes. <laughs> he's wearing like moccasins too. Um, <laughs> he tells them that he failed them and Ragnarok is upon them. He says she's coming. Which is something Skay's never heard before in his life. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, 
his please life tell, is all... Please tell me you actually wrote that in your notes. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> off the cuff, baby. Um, his life is all that held her back, uh, but his time has come. Thor asks who he's talking about, and he says, the goddess of death. Hella, your sister. Bum, dum, dum, dum. Skay. Yeah. These movies, new to these worlds. Thoughts on the sister reveal? I didn't know they had a sister. I thought it was just kind of Thor. Right. And, and that was Loki. Skay's thoughts on the sister. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, that's it. That was it. Like, oh. <laughs> They have a sister. You okay. didn't have any strong feelings? Be like, oh my god, their sister's the goddess of death. That's, I don't know how. How? I... Not even like, holy shit. <laughs> Nothing. Just oh, no, please. no. That's I neat. didn't think this okay. was just going to be the villain. You know, this is the bad guy. So say hello to the bad guy. The bad woman. Well, woman. girl. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> but, you know, whatever. Girl. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Why, like, why are you gonna say girl? <laughs> it's fine. The bad, the bad lady, guy, girl. I don't care. You know, here's the baddie. Here's the villain. <laughs> this is like having having Hella after watching Malekith in in the last movie, right? Like, it's such, she's such a better villain right off the bat because of the well, night and just day. The, the, the connection that she has, like the whole characterization is just so much more interesting. Malekith is like, who cares about this guy? No, they never establish anything about that villain that is compelling that you're like, I should even care at all about this dude. Um, he he took that, that for like 90 years and that was like his backstory. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's what make, made Loki such a great villain in the first one, right? It's like, it's, it's you know, for, for whatever problems the first movie had, the Thor versus Loki dynamic is is fantastic. It's it carries the movie, um, just because of the, the 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 brother versus brother and the way that those two play off each other. And and I feel like we got back to that with this, even though she didn't get as much you know quite as much uh, you know depth as like Loki. Obviously, you know she couldn't you know just show up in this movie versus he's been in three movies so far or four or whatever it is. Like it was just it's just such a better villain setup right off the bat. Um. For what she lacks in depth, she makes up in just total like badassery. She she exactly. kicks so much ass in this movie, uh, which we'll get to here soon. But um, so basically, what happened was uh, her violent appetite um, grew beyond Wooden's control. He couldn't stop her, so he imprisoned her. She draws her strength from Asgard. So once she gets there, her powers will be uh, like limitless. Uh, Odin says, I love you, my sons, with an S. Um, so that includes Loki. That's nice, huh? And you can just feel it in Loki's face, too, like that sign of relief, like, oh, my God, he does love me. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Such great job acting, like, so subtle, you know what I mean? Just, like, a look on your face, and, like, as an audience member, you could, like, feel that moment of, like, relief wash over him. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, Hiddleston does uh, an amazing job in these movies. Yeah, he does. He's he's so good. Um, Odin tells them to remember this place, um, home, and then he vanishes. He vanishes into uh, like orange dust. <laughs> I thought, it was, I thought it was like it was like a pixie dust. I thought 
<laughs> it looked like the the sparkles from uh, Doctor Strange's circles. <laughs> that orange stuff, like the stuff that like flails off the sides. That's kind of what it looked like. Um, when it's all said and done, one of these characters should build a, a village like right where this takes place. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> it's got a real nice view, probably great real estate. Um, probably build I mean, like a whole. A obviously, whole nobody's there. nobody's using it. Obviously, there's yeah, nobody who there. Knows who yeah. owns it? Um, uh, I'm pretty sure you could set like a whole village there. Uh, that'd be pretty cool. Play video games over there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds very far fetched. I, I don't know. I think I think it's a too much. We'll see what they do with that piece of real estate. But uh, so Hella immediately shows up after Odin dies. So this is what I didn't get. So are we supposed to? Sorry to interrupt you, Bernie, but are we supposed to understand? Even watching it multiple times, I didn't get it. Are we supposed to understand that Odin being alive is the only thing that's keep holding her back, and that's why as soon as yeah. he dies, she shows up immediately? Okay. Yeah. So yeah. I he, probably should have figured that out. He must they have didn't really some, say why that's the case. They just kind of said that's the case, and and they didn't explain why she appeared there and not back on. Right. Uh, yeah. That was my um, next note. It's like, how the hell did she know that they were on on this cliff well, in Norway? The the only <laughs> thing I can think is like. She just she was connected to Odin, so wherever he was, she uh, was. Yeah, maybe she's she's the goddess of death, right? Wasn't yeah. that it? She is the so she, it, she could sense his death. You nailed it. And she knew right smart. where it was. She knew exactly where they were. You nailed it. That's much much better than my take, which was that the writers were like, "Fuck it!" At this point, like, let's just have everybody able to teleport to any of the nine realms whenever they want. And she just shows up. What you said, Skay, makes a lot more sense. Yeah, good job, Skay. Look at that. Look at you. You are wow. a nerd. I, no, just connecting <laughs> the dots here. Connecting dots, you know. Um, she tells them to kneel before their queen. She is the firstborn, so she does have the claim to the throne. Thor throws Molnir at her. She stops it with her hand and then just squeezes it and just explodes. Uh, Skay, you are our resident hammer expert. <laughs> what are your thoughts on and, and you're the only one watching this the first time? Wow, <laughs> wow. Um, this she's legit. That's <laughs> I powerful. Love your powerful people. That man. is powerful. <laughs> that is powerful. Not only like to stop it, but then crush it like shit. Look out, one handed crush, too. Yep. Yeah, very I, good. I really, really wish we had not known about that in the trailers. Like that would have been such a better moment, I think, if that wasn't There's all. So much the stuff that they ruined in the trailers. Um, I know it's terrible. If they, if they would Even, have shown the champion in the trailers, that reveal would have been freaking amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, in an attempt to, I had seen these movies before, but my, my kids had not seen them. My my older son is the only one who had seen this movie. My other kids hadn't seen it, and. See, so when I went to rewatch these movies, I watched it with the kids to get a little bit of their their perspective, which was really cool, and it was all new to them. And when we saw when Hulk shows up in this movie, my younger son absolutely lost his mind. I mean, he was just like, "Spoiler!" You, know, you could not. <laughs> Sorry, don't don't be jumping ahead. ahead. The, cha- uh-huh. the champion. Fine. The champion. Sorry, did I violate the rules of the podcast? No, I feel bad. no, you're fine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, he just he just lost it. So it just goes to show, like, people who haven't seen the trailers and don't know what's going to happen. I mean, he's a kid also, so I guess I should throw that out there. But, you know, it's it really could be so much more powerful. Yeah, I agree. That's awesome. It's like you're doing and, your own uh, Three Beers and MCU podcast in your home, watching it with your kids <laughs> who haven't seen it. <laughs> Pretty cool. They don't get no, any but beers. But I don't yes. think that they didn't show her destroying uh, Molnir, right? She just caught it in the trailer, right? Uh, they heavily implied that she destroyed it. Like she yeah, was you like don't see him with it ever. That's true. Well, I didn't yeah. think of that, but but this was still like a like that. This is like holy shit. This is somebody not to mess with. And yeah, what now? <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, Loki yells, "Bring us back!" And um, they go into the space beam. Um, Hella follows them into it. They fight as they travel up. Um, I don't remember the space beam travel lasting this long. This was pretty long travel. <laughs> usually, kind of like instant. They get, <laughs> but, uh, they, get, they get that whole battle in the, yeah, in the space like, beam. I was... Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is new. (laughs) (laughs) Loki and Thor both end up getting, like, tossed out the side of it, and uh, she's uh, free to return to Asgard by herself. She instantly kills Volstagg and Fandral. Holy crap. Not only that, she was awesome. She she uh, she threw the knife at him, too, and then, like, he was still standing, so she just threw another one. (laughs) Holy shit. I mean, the actual scene was cool. And I think that they were trying to establish that, that like establish some stakes, right? That she's going to, she's not just going to kill faceless people that we don't know, right? She's going to kill like real characters that we care about and Thor's friends and stuff like that. That I think that they totally could have pulled off, but it's just the fact that those guys were literally on screen for for like five seconds. I mean, I, I had to write down, I was like, how much did these two actors get paid for this film? Uh, because exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's like they, they, they're only there for a split second. It made it feel like cheaper to me than if, I mean, I guess you can't, you know, the movie's already over two hours. You can't have every, you know, every single thing be a 10 minute battle, but it just felt like there was absolutely no, kind of momentousness to it at all. Like she just disposes of them very quickly and you're like, wow, there go those two. I think that, that made her look even more powerful that these, these Thor's friends that have kind of been by his side and fighting armies, like the last two movies, she shows up and kills them fucking immediately. <laughs> like they're nothing. Yeah. Yeah. This like whole, sequence, this whole sequence is like that. She dispatches Loki and Thor she goes up and just slaughters everybody and just takes over. Like it's it's awesome. Yeah, very good. I'm not going to argue with you that it was that it made her look powerful and and badass. I I just thought that there's that one other guy of the Warriors Three. He's not there. And then you know I I won't spoil what comes after. But I thought they could have. I thought maybe if you put the three of them together for that later scene, you know maybe there's more kind of there's a more climactic nature to it. You wanted them to go out in a blaze of glory. You got to bring the three of them together. You know what I mean? Those are, those guys are a team. <laughs> I'm just um, like they're they're just hanging out and the, they're just hanging out at the Bifrost, not you know, not expecting anything to happen. All of a sudden, she comes through and just 
throws your knives at them and they're done. That's like, wow, that's a cold way to go out. Didn't uh, didn't Hogan stay on like his home world after the last Thor movie though? Well, didn't he, he just did. hang out back there? Yeah, so he, he wasn't. Did. I around. think that's what spared him. Yeah. No, there's there's a plot reason for it. I'm just saying. Uh, to me, it just I, I totally get why they wanted to do it and why they wanted to establish that that this is for real and there's going to be real stakes. I just thought I thought it was a little too fast. It was like, wow, these guys yeah. are, you know, they're for everything that we've seen them do in the prior films you know they're they were basically yeah. nothing you know but it was also a surprise attack they weren't they were expecting thor to show up with yeah. odin probably too right they were th- he was going to get odin yeah because didn't yeah. didn't one of the guy's girlfriends say i didn't think odin was a girl or something like that <laughs> one of their, uh what's their, his name their uh, girlfriend said that yeah <laughs> uh, no the uh Who's the, the executioner guy there, dude? Scourge. Yeah. Wasn't the he there? Mopping. Yeah. Yeah, he's mopping. And he tells her he's just a janitor after she killed the other <laughs> guy. He gets a job offer out of it, too. <laughs> she really liked the way he uh, handled the mop. Crevices there, yeah. <laughs> um, so he's like her right hand man now, um, the hand of the queen. Um, Thor lands on a strange planet in like a giant junkyard he sees a city in the distance and a ship comes over to him and a bunch of guys come out and they ask him are you a fighter or are you food and he says he's just passing through and uh, they say oh so you're food and they immediately just all start (laughs) fighting him Uh, they shoot him with this like electric net gun thing and then another ship comes out and lands. And then this badass woman comes out, clearly drunk, stumbling, drinking a beer. She says, uh, he's mine. And then drunkenly falls off the ramp into a pile of garbage. I, I was dying laughing. That was so funny. Uh, and then she's and then just she's, like, hold on, hold on. Yeah, she says, wait, stands up. He says, uh, <laughs> if you want them, you got to go through me. And they say, well, we already have them. She goes, oh, it looks like I got to go through you. And then she clicks her like knuckles together. And um, her arms control the machine guns on her ship. And holy shit, does she just mass murder these guys. She, <laughs> she just mows them down. Rips them into <laughs> tiny pieces. Oh, my God. No holy blood, though. Crap. No blood. No blood. Can't show blood. Don't need that R rating. But man, <laughs> have we seen anything like that in, in any MCU movie yet? No, there's been more people killed in this movie than all the previous movies. Yeah. I think. <laughs> like, mm. Yeah, this is wild. And they do it in such a fun way. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they're, they're all these faceless aliens with masks on and stuff like that. So they're, they're essentially like the MCU version of Stormtroopers, or they actually look kind of like sand people, but but they're not, you know, they're the Tuscan Raiders. They look like Tuscan Raiders, but they're basically, you know, the point is they're they're like drones. They look like drones. So she can mow through them, and it's just fun. Skay, can you give us a Tuscan Raider impression? Uh, no, I don't believe so. No. I don't know. What does it sound like? <laughs> I don't know. You know, they they do the stick over their head. Uh, it's like. A, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> yeah, Dwayne. That was afraid. perfect. That was perfect. I, I just couldn't remember afraid. what it sounded like. Uh, I hyped you up a being a nerd, and then you can't even give a good. See, yeah. I think I think it was like a seal noise or something like that that they used. This is exactly what it sounds like. Um, <laughs> she throws something that, like this little disc thing that sticks to his neck and knocks him out. She drags him onto the ship, takes him to the city. And then it cuts back to Asgard, and Hela is talking to an army of Asgardians lined up, ready to battle her, with their big shields and pointy sticks. She tells them who she is and she, how she's next in line for the throne. She wants to rule over the other nine realms. Um, the army starts to attack her and immediately regret it. <laughs> they <laughs> get destroyed by her. Oh my god. This is the most powerful villain we've seen yet in terms of like raw damage. She killed probably 300 people here easily. Oh, yeah. Just solo. Just solo by herself, just mm-hmm. throwing spikes. 300 people. Like, Scott, she had- what are your thoughts on her so far? You love your powerful people. Scott. Very strong. Very strong. You see her do this. Is she number one baddie? Uh,. Yeah, I think um, what was the guy's name from the previous Kaecilius? And then, well, I mean, there was the guy that Doctor Strange faced at the end of that movie, who he would have been pretty bad. Dormammu. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Dormammu. Uh, But yeah, in terms of main baddie, yeah, 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 I think so. It's pretty wild how many people she kills. The the one thing that has always bothered me about her character is the putting the horns on and off thing. Flicks <laughs> her hair back. Like, like, why do you have to put the horns back on? Just kill these people. Why do you need to put the horns on first? Because they look Listen, cool. She doesn't want to mess up her hair. Have you ever tried to battle with long hair, Dwayne? I mean, it's. it's I nice. mean, look at me. No. Yeah. <laughs> you, you just don't get it because you don't have hair, Dwayne. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't had hair in 40 years. So you it's like you're wearing a helmet all the time. That's, that's, that's pretty close to being true there. <laughs> uh, I thought it's awesome that she doesn't have to sneak around, right? I mean, like that we've seen so many times in these movies that it's it's people sneaking around trying to break in. Obviously, in the last movie with, with Malekith, he's got the invisible ship and he's trying to basically get past all the guards, right? So this is cool that she's just like, it's it's just, she's just very obvious, just right in front of them, like, come to me. And then she just goes after yes. them and, and crushes Bring it them, on. Right? Bring totally it on. different change of pace. And is this the scene with Hogan? You mentioned, Skate, you mentioned that he wasn't, he was in his, he was in his homeworld, but is this where he shows up? Or am I mixing this um. up with another scene? I, I think this is when he shows up, that too, and he's the, I don't. He's like at the front of the army. Is that the yeah? Guy, this, is that the guy who was the who was like the, the representative for the army? The Asian guy. He was the third musketeer. Yeah. yeah. If that's if that's him, then yeah, he dies. Yeah, he he dies pretty cool way too. Yeah, she, that's she, uh, that's the death that I thought they all should have got. That's that's uh, what I'm talking yeah. about. I, th- I thought yeah. they should have all got a death here. Right, I thought she could have stormed through the the Bifrost earlier and shown off how great she is. And then if we had them all three of them standing together here, and and they had that kind of death, I thought it would have been more powerful. Oh, yeah, she does the same saying. thing, like spikes them all, and then the spike sticks into the ground, and they're just like hanging there. Yeah, do them all at once. You convinced yeah. me. 
Unconvince me. That would have been way cooler. I, I rest my case. I rest my case. Nobody cares about the Warriors three as much as I do in this movie. Like everyone else is like, who cares about this? I'm like, I'm like, no, you don't understand. Fandral is a really cool character. He, she, he didn't deserve to go out like that. Your three. How about the Warriors three? Right? <laughs> exactly. This is their time to shine. Um, speaking of shine, there is a, a mystery figure who steals the shiny sword of the Bifrost. Uh, we don't see who it is. We just see a, uh, we see him like climb a cliff and just take it when no one was looking. Yeah, we couldn't, would be... we couldn't figure out who that was either. Yeah, it's a big mystery. Um, security for this sword is awful. <laughs> like, like anyone can just go and grab it, apparently. It's, um, it only controls access to all the nine realms, and they just constantly yeah. leave it just just hanging out there. Yeah, yeah, just un- unimportant. Don't even need to keep an eye on it. <laughs> just leave it there. <laughs> um, it's not like a guy's missing who used to control it, you know. So, <laughs> uh, Thor wakes up and he's strapped to a chair. He finds out he's on a planet called Sakar. It lives on the edge of the known and the unknown. As he's going through this like uh, presentation on this planet and what happens there, there's like Willy Wonka's music in the background. I know. <laughs> yes. Which, just Perfect. Like, enough, enough of Willy Wonka where you can recognize it, but different enough where they can, can't can sue the movie for using it. <laughs> just like that in between. Um, so we learn about the Grand Master and his conquest of champions. The Grand Master is Jeff Goldblum, whose character name in this movie is Jeff Goldblum. He's playing himself. (laughs) (laughs) This is like the most Jeff Goldblum role of all time. Like he's literally just playing himself with like a little bit of blue like lipstick underneath his (laughs) mouth. He's so awesome in this movie. As great as all the comedy is in this movie, and I really think they land it. I mean, there's there's very little of the jokes that don't land for me in this movie, but Goldblum is the best. Everything that he does is just hilarious. I, I mean, and I thought the Wonka the Wonka theme was perfect. The Wonka theme was awesome. It was it really established. It puts you in this mindset of like this guy. This is like a you know this guy's a little off, right? And before you even meet him, you just kind of get the picture like this guy's off, and this is kind of like a little bit of a warped kind of amusement park you know scene and i think that's really what they're going for with the grandmaster it's like this is it's, it's like entertainment but it's very warped very twisted entertainment yeah definitely um scrapper 142 the girl who uh took thor brought him his beloved champion before who uh we will see shortly and now she brings him thor son of odin um, Jeff turns to his cousin Carlo. He turns his cousin Carlo into blue goo by stabbing him with that. Uh, or he like that little. Wasn't uh, it called Jaffed with a? What no, does he call it? He called it something like the, the zappy stick or the yeah the zappy <laughs> stick or something. It's just a stick with a ball at the end that turns people into blue goo that um, smells bad. Um, Thor looks. To his right, and he sees Loki at a party just drinking and talking to people. Um, Loki comes over and he tells him he gained the favor of the Grand Master. 
And then he learns that uh, any contender who beats his champion gets his freedom, which doesn't make sense to me. Because if that were the case, and then you wouldn't have a champion to stick around and keep fighting, right? <laughs> if, uh, <laughs> if if you beat the champion and like, well, that's uh, free. That's why their uh, faces are up there. They're gone. Okay, not necessarily killed by another. Yeah. It, yeah, it just seems uh. like if that was the rules to be, you win your freedom by defeating the champion. Like there wouldn't be a champion because that person. That is, like, All right, well, see you later. That is yeah. their freedom, but it just comes later after they're defeated by somebody else. The freedom of mm-hmm. death. How about that? Interesting. Could be. I don't know. But Hulk's <laughs> face is up there, though, right, Dwayne? I mean, why is Hulk's face up there if? Because uh, they... Hulk don't see that till later. <laughs> His face is up there. But because As... he didn't, he didn't want to leave. Remember. Oh, I thought you were saying that yeah. they put their faces up there when they do leave. Well, Skay, no, when they're champions. They said that. When they're champions. Got it. Skay jumped ahead a little bit. Bad Skay. Wait a minute. Um, what? You said their faces. You don't see the faces on the building yet. That was Dwayne. That was all Dwayne. Oh. Well, one of you, one of you two who know better. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um. He gets transported to a holding cell where we meet the best character in the MCU. Um, Korg. Scary, what do you think of Korg? Uh, I, don't, I, I, I don't know. He's he's all right at times. You don't like him? What? Oh, I think he's so funny. I think he's uh, the best. He's, he's fine. Oh, come on. You're big. Do you know who he is? Who's playing him? No, I don't know who that is. Taika Waititi. Oh, is that who that is? Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, he tells him that he's made of rocks, but don't let that scare you unless you're made of scissors. <laughs> well, and then, Come on. Funny. And then, on, then the other guy was... Awesome. Uh, <laughs> the, the other guy had the two sword hands, so he's like, and hey. <laughs> yeah, he's like, my good friend Meek is an insect with knives for hands. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's so out there and it's it's just hilarious i mean it just works you know even it's, though it's, he's, he's just nonchalant about like everything it's just that's why it's so funny is he's he, it's like he cares but he doesn't really care <laughs> it's like yeah i'm thinking about starting a revolution you want to join my revolution <laughs> he didn't pass out enough pamphlets <laughs> um <laughs> If you've seen any of uh, Taika's other work, like Korg is pretty much his like humor to a T. That's like all, how all his movies are, and uh, I love it. I think he's he's made the best episode of The Mandalorian. Uh, oh yeah, what was that episode eight of season one? Yeah, Taika did. He's gonna do his own Star Wars movie, which is gonna be great. Well, how, and- how did they find it? Because he hadn't done a lot of movies before this, right? I mean, they, well, he did they that, just what's that show? He did, he did the movie What We Do in the Shadows, and then it turned into a show on FX. Um, he does okay. uh, Wellington Paranormal, which is a, I think it's a New Zealand show. Uh, but yeah, he, he's just like big in like the New Zealand, like weird comedy, like Flight of the Concords with that Jermaine Clement 
Um, you might know him as the voice of Timitur from uh, Moana, the crab, the shiny crab. Um, <laughs> I had no idea. I didn't know that. I had no idea. I mean, he's you just a, a, absolutely no. I didn't know. And that's a you know, I've seen that movie with my daughter many times, but they hit the jackpot with him. I mean, you know, he's, he's yeah, so Tyka, brilliant. Tyka's hilarious. Um, well, even yeah, even great. the whole I'm I'm Korga made of rocks, blah blah blah, right? And Thor was like, yeah, you're a whatever he said his race because remember he. He killed one of those dudes in the beginning of uh, the Thor two. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, that's everyone the, watched the same race. Everyone yeah. watched him kill him. Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea those were the same. I totally race. forgot about that. Oh wow, that yeah, the big guy. Okay. Yeah. yeah. The big rocket. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Um, Thor asks Korg if anyone here has fought the champion. Korg says, "Doug." <laughs> He pointed, he pointed to the guy who slumped over there. And he goes, "So oh, he's dead." He's dead. <laughs> Thor tells him he's going to go fight the champion, kill him, and get out of here. And Cork says, "That's exactly what Doug used to say." <laughs> he's like, "See you later, new Doug." <laughs> Come on, Skaithers. He's the best. It's all right. It's fine. I wasn't like dying, but he was fine. That's that's funny shit, man. <laughs> um, so it cuts back to Asgard and Hela destroys the ceiling of exposition so we can learn what truly happened to her do you like the name of the <laughs> ceiling the ceiling of exposition <laughs> <laughs> that's all it is it's just, the ceiling was painted just to tell us the story of what's happening so she breaks it so we know what really happened <laughs> I, like, I like how the whole oh, ceiling man. fell down and didn't hit, hit them at all like just landed all around them <laughs> yep. perfect uh, the ceiling uh, of exposition. It's amazing. <laughs> Odin used Hela as a weapon in his conquest to build Asgard's empire. Before Asgard's warriors were honored as heroes, bodies um, were buried underneath the palace. Um, which is movie speak for, oh shit, we need an army of bad guys with um, our main baddie. So, uh, zombies? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. just make them zombies. But how are zombies going to come in this movie? Uh, they're old warriors. Uh, but where are they? Uh, they're, uh, they're just buried. They're buried underneath some shit. They're in the basement. Yeah. She buried she, all the warriors. There. Come the on. Basement. <laughs> exactly. What do you and why? We've never we've never seen them bury Asgardian warriors before. Ah, these are old warriors. Along no, with their dead dog. We've seen them send them down the river and burn all the boats. Haven't we seen them already? Oh, yeah. 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 Why They're the fuck are all uh, these guys down in the catacombs? What are they doing down there? That's not how you bury these people. Oh, yeah. We forgot we did that in the other movies. Uh, these are old warriors. <laughs> this, is, this is before Odin. Before they did that around here. Yeah. yeah. It's the old way. Because they're supposed to go to Valhalla, right? That's the whole thing with the river and the evaporated space. Yeah. Like, they're supposed to go. Yeah, that was. I was like, why are these people dying? And then why are they all decomposed, but the wolf is not? No, the, the wolf, wolf like, was, but it wasn't when it was they came back to life. The wolf was yeah. cool, though. That wolf was pretty sweet. It's a big wolf. The wolf was decomposed. I yeah. missed that. Yeah, like you can see the the head and the the skull. You know, the eye sinking in and shit. Yeah. Oh, okay. I think they I ran out of room. In the basement to bury people, so like, oh shit, what are we gonna do? <laughs> uh, you know, we'll just burn. take up room. Yeah, let's just burn them. 
<laughs> and we'll put it on water so we don't have to clean up the ashes and get like real gucky on our hands and stuff. So we'll just burn the boat on water and it'll just go in the water. We'll and send them over the waterfall. Yeah. <laughs> Let whoever lives at the bottom of that waterfall deal with all the ashes and shit. <laughs> Um, so they go to the trophy room and then they wreck on all the shit that we saw in Thor 1 um, <laughs> the infinity gauntlet she just knocks over and it goes fake easy solve of the problem <laughs> seen it in Thor 1 yeah. uh, most we... everything... go ahead right, sorry Bernie I was just going to ask so, so like serious question though are we supposed to how are we supposed to feel about Odin after this whole ceiling of exposition <laughs> falls down and they talk about the uh, the history there like it, it recontextualizes odin completely right in, in the whole story yep. like so he was like a conqueror and they don't explicitly say that he was evil but they kind of heavily imply like that he was ruthless and and you know just kind of you know he was he was a, an emperor right he was imperial he would go around and, and and take over and that he's at some point he recognized the error of his ways and his solution to that was banishing his daughter so it's it's weird like i'm not sure i i wasn't quite sure how we we're supposed to feel about that character after this whole thing maybe i'm getting a little too deep for a marvel superhero no, movie but you're right uh i think we're supposed to feel like uh, he's not the guy we knew or we thought we knew um, yeah, but the, the, the one realizing that, and Loki's realizing that. The one big theme throughout Thor, though, is being able to change. Right? He wanted Thor to change mm -hmm. in the first movie. It's always about Loki yeah. changing his his perspective of the world. So, and Thor changed from having sleeves to not having sleeves. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of things. But you're totally right. But you know, and that was Odin. Odin did all that, right? Like, hey, I know you were a frost giant, but you know, you can change. Thor wanted to be king of the world, but he wasn't ready, so he made him do something to change. So, it obviously, mm -hmm. to me, it's like he he changed himself and realized, like, hey, if I can do it, everybody can change. You know? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, one of my favorite lines in in the whole series happens at this point, right, where Loki's talking to Thor, and he's like. Uh, it hurts being lied to, doesn't it, or something along those lines, right? When they're when they're talking about their kind of understanding now that that Odin hid all this stuff from them and that he did some bad stuff in in the old times, and uh, none of the Loki like character development in the last movie rang true for me at all. Like when when he saves uh, Jane in the Dark World and he kind of like protects her when when Malekith is doing his stuff. I was like, I don't buy this for one second. Why would Loki save this person? Like, why does he care about her at all? I know what they were going for. I know why they did it, but I just didn't buy it. I was like, he, I don't think this character would do this. Even with the growth that we're supposed to, you know, feel that is happening with this character, I just don't believe that he would actually do that. But in this movie, when he says to Thor, doesn't it hurt being lied to? I really believed, I thought that was like one of the coolest moments in the series. I really believed that he was like, now I feel like you understand a little bit about what I've been dealing with, and that's going to mm -hmm. let me hate you less, right? Because now we're a little bit more the same. Um, you know, we've both been lied to. We've both been duped. It's not just me anymore. Like, I really I really thought that was awesome. Yeah, and that's, that's kind of what makes this movie so great is it can be so, like, silly and weird, but at the same time, it could be, like, deep in the character progression and, and like you see who Loki like really is. You can feel, you can feel stuff 
just in Loki's face. Like th- this movie is like so deep in a whole bunch of different ways versus some of the other ones where like the movie's telling you to feel a certain way, but it doesn't show you or make you feel that way. Like you just said, like you didn't actually believe Loki was changing to save Jane because he cares. But this one, you actually feel like, oh, well, ma- well maybe Loki is going to change. Yeah, yeah, because his change is a little selfish, right? Like it's it it rings true because he's not changing just because he suddenly realized he should be better. He seems like he's changing because he realizes like I'm not the only one who got lied to and 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 you know basically you know wasn't wasn't trusted by my parents. Like Thor actually had that same situation. Interesting. There's like a whole selfish angle to it of like. At least I'm not, you know. At least we're at least we're the same now. Yeah, yeah. And and he tells Thor that he wants to jo- him to join him at the Grandmaster's side. They can do that for you know a couple decades, and then eventually like sneak off and leave. Um, Thor is unconvinced, so Loki leaves. It's just a projection of him. It's not the actual Loki showing up there. And then um, Kor comes running in and he says, "Piss off, ghost." <laughs> well, and that was another like, funny like scene, work. right? Thor keeps just throwing stuff at the hologram yeah, the whole time. Throwing rocks yeah. at the hologram. Yeah. And Cork they, 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 and goes, "Piss off, ghost!" And he like kicks the wall where Loki was standing. <laughs> oh man! Yeah, with, so with, without without spoiling anything, they pay this off later too, right? The the whole Thor throwing things at the hologram. They definitely. Yeah. This yeah. will come back a couple times. They do that like uh, Chekhov's gun, maybe the Chekhov's hologram, <laughs> Chekhov's ghost, Chekhov's projection. I wasn't um, totally convinced that Loki should have been so subservient to the Grandmaster. It didn't ruin, you know, it didn't take me out of the movie or anything, but it was a little bit like it seemed like at the beginning of the movie, Loki is totally freaked out by the fact that Hela crushes the hammer, right? And that's where he's like, get us out of here. And he just seems to, I didn't read it as like cowardice or anything like that. I read it as like, this guy's smart and he sees the writing on the wall and he's getting ahead of the game here, right? By trying to escape. But with the Grandmaster, you know, his whole angle with Thor of like, let's just be subservient to the Grandmaster for a while and eventually we'll figure out a way to, to flip the tables. I kind of felt like Loki would flip the tables like right away, right? Like he tried to trick this guy. He would think he, he would assume that he's smarter than this guy. So like definitely didn't, didn't, uh, you know, didn't didn't mess with me too much, but I was I was kind of like, hmm, I, I think he'd be a little bit more on top of this. Yeah, that's a good point. I think he's. But just, I, I he, think he also know a lot about plotting. him. He was already plotting, though. Yeah, I think he was game yeah. spell. You know, take a couple like learn about him more and figure out the angle that he can use to manipulate him and get out of there. Or maybe find something that he could use to beat Hella too. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I could buy that. I could, I could definitely buy that. I just, it was interesting because when Thor shows up, we learned that Loki's actually been there in like the court of the Grandmaster for quite a while, right? Grandmaster talks about how time works differently there. And so like a lot more time has passed for Loki than it has for Thor. So it seems like he's been working this for quite a while. But yeah, I could buy that, that he's kind of got to, you know. Yeah, I think they said too, too easy. two weeks or something. He said he was there. Yeah. yeah. Some amount of weeks. Not much. Can't remember how long. Um, hey, so, Skate, check your notes. Uh, how many weeks was it? <laughs> I don't have that written <laughs> down here. Okay. <laughs> uh, it cuts to where the warriors are prepping, and 
Korg is yelling at people for not cleaning blood and hair off the weapons after they finish fighting. <laughs> um, Thor is explaining to Korg how he flies with the hammer. He whips it around, and um, he says he'd spin it really fast, and the hammer would just pull him off. And he was going to say pull him off the ground, but Korg interrupts and says, Oh, my God, the hammer would pull you off? <laughs> it's gay. Come I on, did like, No, this was a good one. I did like this one. Uh, he tells Thor that the scrapper 142 is Asgardian, and then um, Thor notices the Valkyrie tattoo on her arm. So I'm sure that will come up later. We'll see if he survives his fight with the champion, if that ever comes back. Uh, Thor gets a haircut from Stan Lee. We get the Stan Lee um, cameo. Do you know why they did the, the haircut? I don't know. I like it, though. Uh, Hemsworth <laughs> said he didn't want to wear the wig for the whole movie again. It's too much work. Is that right? Yeah. Sounds like a perfect reason to me. He looks way <laughs> hotter with short hair anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Right, doesn't he? I thought they were going for like a Samson vibe, maybe like his hair is the source of his power or something. But I, I thought nah, more I... like a Fabio thing, you know. Fabio had that nice <laughs> long flowing locks. What get hit in the face with a bird on a roller coaster? <laughs> is that what happened here? Oh yeah, my God. it was like it was a duck or something. Yeah, he was on the premiere of a roller coaster. Got hit a. A bird ran into his face as he was going on it, and there's like blood everywhere. <laughs> oh man, that sounds terrible. There's video of it if you want to watch it. Uh, <laughs> maybe we'll do an episode on that. <laughs> uh, this is where we see the big reveal of the champion, and as spoiled several times, it's the Hulk. <laughs> and I really wish they didn't show this in the previews. They even showed in like the the trailers. Thor like bending yeah. down and yelling like yes mm-hmm. and, like, I know yeah. him yeah I know him like, they showed that and it's just like oh man that's a big bummer but um totally oh, my son lost his mind on this scene so it would have been so much better if we didn't know about yeah. it before we saw the movie. oh man that's awesome the Hulk doesn't seem to know or he doesn't seem to remember and or care <laughs> that he knows Thor um <laughs> This part is uh, adapted from Planet Hulk comic storyline, if you're interested in that. The whole concept of Hulk going to another planet, being a champion, and fighting in like a fighting pit. Well, because it's perfect for the Hulk, right? It, yep. It's all about fighting and being angry, so he, he can just be Hulk all the time. Yep. And he can speak English and talk, too, which is cool. But this uh, is also like an evolution of Hulk that like we keep seeing mm-hmm. him grow, too. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. A yeah. little, bit, little bit of foreshadowing there, right? Without spoiling yeah. anything. Like Hulk also evolves, yeah. I think this is almost like a de-evolution of Hulk. He's just going back to more like Hulk smash type of guy, you know? He does, there's no more banner left. Well, he yeah. can communicate, but there's, there's still like... There's no... There's no banner there. There's no Bruce Banner. It's no. just all straight Hulk. Hulk can be Hulk and do what Hulk does. That's why he loves this place and doesn't want to leave. Yeah. Oh. Um, he does Earth. communicate like a toddler, though. You're right about that, Skate. He's, he's very, like... I don't remember that from the other movies. Maybe it's just been a while since I saw them. But, like, he, he's definitely... The communication that he does have, he's much more... 
he's like a grumpy kid. So in that way, it is a little bit of a de-evolution. The other movies, he doesn't like speak at all. He just like grunts or just says like Hulk smash. He does say like Hulk smash once, or yeah, it is mostly just like screaming. Yeah, but he always had that other side, the intelligent Doctor Banner, like to come down to. Yeah, and he he doesn't have that anymore. Um, during the fight, Thor tries the "Hey, big guy, the sun's getting low." <laughs> I, I thought that was so funny. He does it throughout the entire movie, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, I thought that was so funny that he was trying that. Oh man, just classic comedy. Well, and then again, this this is another like go back to Loki's. Loki sees him how how it feels to be loki right because hulk grabs him and starts slamming him like he did loki in avengers yeah and that's uh, a great point loki stands up, stands up he's like yeah that's what that feels like <laughs> oh that was so great that was so great loki's whole reaction just seeing hulk like he was just so like he's like i gotta get out of here and it was so, oh, so, so um as the fight goes on and thor's holding his own and actually kind of winning uh, the crowd starts to turn and cheer for him versus booing him. Uh, he uses some special lightning stuff that we see. Uh, this, I think this is where Skay wants to talk. No, Even this... though he's the god of thunder, uh, he's not the god of lightning. He's the god of thunder, but for some reason he has lightning powers, which doesn't make any sense. Well, to make thunder, you need lightning. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> I like how the Grandmaster echoes your your exact criticism, Bernie, because earlier in the movie, he's like, I didn't hear any thunder, but under your fingers, what was yeah, that, sparkles. like sparkles? <laughs> uh, which is just so hilarious that he's talking to him that, that he's got like sparkles coming out of his fingers. And then he does it again, right before he introduces the, the champion in the, in the battle in the arena. He's like, he's like, be careful, everybody, because sometimes sparkles comes out of his fingers. <laughs> yeah. And he's just taunting Thor about the fact that he's... He's got these sparkles, so yeah. I mean, it's true. It's uh, but but obviously he demonstrates that power in a slightly more uh, you know a slightly more effective way um, at this point of the battle. Yeah, and then basically the fight is rigged because the Grandmaster shocks Thor, knocks him out, and then the Hulk jumps hundred feet in the air and slams down on him, <laughs> and cuts to black, <laughs> and then from black it cuts to Asgard. And uh, this is where Scourge gets the executioner title. She tells him that he needs to be an executioner. They go to the Bifrost, discover the sword is missing a half hour later. And um, <laughs> Hela tells Scourge to round up the folks who aren't falling into line. Um, and then it cuts to people running in a forest. We see, we see uh, Heimdall for the first time. He defeats uh, just two, two dead guys, Army of the Dead guys. There's just two of them. And uh, he takes this uh, family to safety in a hideout under a waterfall, or like inside a waterfall or fucking something, you know, where hideouts usually are behind waterfalls. <laughs> yeah, um, like you do. Yeah, as you do. There's, there's <laughs> tons of people already back there. Um, then it cuts back to Thor and he wakes up. He's being attended to by uh, some handmaidens. He's in the bedroom. So, of the are, are we to assume that Heimdall actually saw all this coming? You know, because he's the seer of all, right? So he yeah. he was getting people out before this happened, and maybe that's part of his disappearance. Yeah. 
But Heimdall doesn't see the future though, right? He sees everything that's happening in the moment, but he doesn't like foresee like future events or do I have that wrong? I know, I but if he saw her, I think show he does. Up, foresee, I think he does foresee stuff. Does he? Okay, then I, I don't. Then I, don't I know definitely have it wrong. What did you guys think about the whole Heimdall subplot? Because I, I'm very, I was very curious what people thought about this. I have my opinion on it, but I could see, I could see it both ways. What did, what did you guys think about the whole thing, the whole running subplot with him kind of running the refugees? I thought it was a way to, to be like. Well, we can't have Heimdall like in the movie because Hell is too powerful. So we need him to do something, uh, but we don't mm-hmm. know what we need him to do. So let's have him do this. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. It was more Heimdall. That's... He has to be in the movie, but like yeah. he can't be in yeah, charge cool. of the Bifrost when she shows up because she would kill him. You know what I mean? So then it's just yeah. like, what do, you, what do you do with him? Do you think that Loki you... maybe like tossed him away at first to keep Thor out or something? You know, to keep Thor away longer. Oh, for sure. So there you go. Well, that yeah, was the, because that was Loki the start was of all Odin. Loki yeah. was Odin at the time, right? Yeah, exactly. Supposedly for his like trial or whatever. So he made up some bullshit and got Heimdall out of there and put stupid janitor Scourge <laughs> down in charge <laughs> of the Bifrost. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Stupid. Well, <laughs> lowly janitor Scourge <laughs> down there in charge of the Bifrost and pretty much kept him under thumb. You know, just he but he did whatever he wanted, whatever he said. Speaking of lonely, I bet the Hulk's lonely in that big bedroom by himself with that giant hot tub that he's uh, <laughs> sitting in. I said lowly, um, not lonely, but uh, well. Good segue, anyway. Uh, we're we're going to say lonely. Uh, <laughs> Thor asks him how he got there, so the Hulk gets out of the hot tub, and uh, Thor gets a good old peep of that Hulk dick. <laughs> and, what, why is Thor there, though? Pretty distracted like, by it. Like, he, he was in the little prison with Korg before, and he, he has his battle, and now he's hanging out with Hulk. Like, they don't explain why he's there. <laughs> It's a very bad strategic decision by the Grandmaster to put these... I mean, Thor's already told him that he knows the guy, and they, he puts them together. Well, at that uh, point, they're kind of both champions, right? Yeah, that's what I thought. He was going to have, like, two champions go and maybe do some tag team yeah, matches like and stuff maybe like have that. Them, like, yeah. yeah, work together or, yeah. like, refight later. They're kind of... Yeah, I mean, they're both kind of champions at that yeah, point. Yeah, best of three, strong. you know? Sell those tickets. you got to sell tickets, man. Hell in the Cell match, yeah. right? Uh, Hulk says he crashed the Quinjet there and shows him where it is. So Thor now has a plan to get out of there. We get some uh, classic comedic banter between Hulk and Thor going back and forth about a stupid or a, a stupid or dumb Avenger or whatever they call each other. <laughs> stupid Avenger and Tiny Avenger. Yeah, yeah Tiny Avenger. This this whole sequence is absolutely gold, right? This this kind of back and forth between Thor and and, and Hulk is just hilarious. Well, the whole yeah. you know, I, I won, no, I won. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just it reminded me of. Uh, I don't want to throw in. I don't want to cross the streams here in terms of 
you know, movie universes, but it reminded me of in, uh, in just DC's justice league, right. Which I don't know how you all feel about it, but I thought it was a pretty bad movie. Um, maybe I'm not going out on too much of a limb on that, but at the end when they have the race between Superman and, and flash and, and, and such fan service, right. In terms of like, Oh, the, these characters are going to compare, you know, to one another and they're going to be competitive and they're, and, and the fans want to know which who, who's going to win. And this is just done so much more effectively in this movie, like just yeah. to have the two of them kind of going at each other in terms of, you know, the insults and um, trying to convince, you know, uh, Hulk is trying to convince Thor that he's the real fire <laughs> and not Thor. Yeah. Like that's hilarious. I mean, it's just, that's how you do it. And it was so well done. It feels like natural too. Like, like that's what like friends would be like saying to each other as they're like bickering of who's better. You know what I mean? It goes exactly. back to the first Avengers movie when they have their fight and then they're later they're fighting in New York and they team up and kick the alien ass and then Hulk punches Thor off yeah, the top of that bus that they're <laughs> on or whatever, train, subway. Oh man. Yeah. I forgot about that. That's such a great call out. Yeah. This is exactly. this is their they're relationship. They're standing there after it's uh, the fight's over and then the Hulk just like you just see his arm just like punch Thor and he goes flying. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. So this is also where we find out um, Hulk wants to stay because people on this planet love him and Earth hates him and is scared of him. Thor calls for Heimdall to sh- and um, shows him what's going on in Asgard, running from Hela and everyone. Heimdall tells him uh, he's on a planet surrounded by doorways go through the biggest one, which is a big giant red one that he saw when he first landed. It kind of looked like a butthole of a devil. But, uh, <laughs> sort of like an anus. Uh, yeah, if you want to be more technical about it, I guess you could call it an anus. Uh, I was going to say butthole. But... It looked like my anus after our Buffalo Wildlings episode. That's what I thought it was at first. Good callback. Yeah. Um, so uh, the Hulk calls Valkyrie in, and Thor tells Valkyrie Odin is dead and Hela is back, and she does not care. She tells him that Odin used the Valkyrie to fight her back, and pretty much got the Valkyrie massacred by her. Uh, there's obviously some PTSD involved there, which we will see later. Hence the drinking and all that stuff, too, I would imagine. Um, Thor stole the device control in his neck thing, and then he jumps out the window (laughs) and uh, (laughs) starts to head towards the Quinjet to leave. And that was a funny thing, too, right? When he throws the thing at the window like it's going to break, and it just flies back and hits him in the face. Flies back (laughs) in the face. Classic. (laughs) A lot of physical comedy in this movie. You don't see, you haven't seen that in the Thor series so far, right? Like, yeah. A, lot of, a lot of that. Uh, I mean, let's face it. All pretty much all the humor for Thor prior to this in the other movies is like Thor is a fish out of water, right? He doesn't understand mm-hmm. Earth. He doesn't understand humans. This movie takes it in a totally different direction with this, with the physical comedy and just kind of the out there yeah. comedy. So yeah, that was an awesome moment. He uh, climbs into the Quinjet and uh, goes to start it up, but it doesn't work. Um, so he puts his hand on the reader and he's using a bunch of codes. Uh, strongest Avenger, um, <laughs> stuff. and then the code Point Break works for it. Um, but Hulk like rips off the back of the plane and starts like destroying stuff because he doesn't want him to leave. Um, 
Thor plays a video of Black Widow doing the, um, like, just talking to him. Uh, a video that happened, uh, was that uh, Age of Ultron, as yep. he was flying away? Yeah. Um, it makes Hulk mad. He starts punching himself, destroying more of the ship, and uh, he turns back into Bruce. So Bruce is back. Oh, hey, he's back. Mm. He has no mm. memory of the last two years when he was the Hulk. Two years he was the Hulk. Can you believe that? That's crazy. Mm-hmm. That blew my mind. Yeah, I thought that was super interesting, right? Because you just, Bernie, you just talked about Valkyrie and her whole thing about drinking and her PTSD that she had. So you've got these two characters, Valkyrie and Hulk. Both of them are trying to forget the stuff that they, that has happened to them in the past because it's so traumatic. Valkyrie does it through their, her alcoholism and Hulk does it because he literally doesn't remember anything. He's like, you know, he's just able to totally um, kind of forget about all this past stuff. So it's like, I, f- I felt like they were trying to, I felt like they were really kind of playing into the whole concept of this world as like an escape for these characters, right? Where it's like, we're going to stay here forever, not because it's a cool place, but just because we're running from these problems and these like past experiences that we've had. Well, and it also shows that Bruce Banner isn't even present, like, when when he's Bruce Banner, Hulk isn't there, right? And then when he's mm-hmm. Hulk, Bruce Banner's not there because they don't have memories yeah. of what happened to you. Yeah. And I don't think that was the case before, right? Like in the prior movies, I don't think that was in, in like you guys yeah. have said. I mean, he's he's evolving as a character, and this is a new element for him. Yeah. But I just thought it totally played well into that whole like, concept of like, look, he's just running from stuff here. He's like, I know, this is what he wants. I don't know that it's like ever truly established, but I, it's you know in previous movies, Bruce Banner is aware of things that the Hulk has done. You know, yes, I, I don't know that he has like what... actual memory of what he's doing, but he knows like the aftermath. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. when he's on Earth, though, he's getting news reports and shit of what right. Happened, yeah, right? he sees cell yeah. phone videos of himself and like, oh fuck, I did that, Christ. Yeah, the fact that he doesn't remember also sets up a lot of comedy again with Thor, though. So it's That's an uh, interesting it, point about um, Valkyrie and him having um, similar backgrounds and kind of running. Um, one would say they both have monsters inside of them. Ooh. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so stupid. Um, <laughs> I thought it was a big revelation that Valkyrie knew about Hela because we're you know yeah, we're, we're supposed is. to we're supposed to think that okay Loki and, and and Thor have no idea they've never heard about their sister they 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 don't know that she's even existed and here's Valkyrie and she's like no I know everything about her like we fought her and so it gives you this whole kind of I mean it's it's I think for Thor it's like wow there's so much more that I don't understand. Right. And maybe I, maybe I need to rely on these other people to kind of help me understand the bigger picture. Like it was for him. I think it was. Also, he had only heard stories of the Valkyrie, right? Because by the time he was around, they were slaughtered. Yep. Mm -hmm. They were gone by the time. And actually, um, so Loki and Valkyrie meet with the grandmaster. They tell him they can get Thor and Hulk back in an hour. And then, Loki and her fight, and Loki accesses her memories, and he actually sees what happened in the fight with Hela, and her just like mass murder all these Valkyries, and basically a Valkyrie stepped in front of her to take a a, a spike and like pushed her away, 
like off this cliff or something. So that's how she got away. But the rest of them just all died. Um, so we got to actually see what happened. I mean, wait, did Loki almost kind of enchant her? Mm, I don't know. He doesn't know how to do that. <laughs> no, Dwayne, you know that that was my question. Is this a new power for Loki? Or is this... We haven't seen him do this before, right? Actually, Dwayne, <laughs> the Loki TV series takes place before, before the this. Of this one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Kind of. He, he learns it in this reality and then in the uh, maybe another version or another reality. Or time, <laughs> maybe one would say another timeline. I don't know. <laughs> That's how time travel works. Why are we talking about time travel? Loki doesn't time travel yet. <laughs> I mean, ever. You brought right. it up, not me. <laughs> how do you that, it? Uh, that memory. I didn't bring up ta- anything about time traveling. What? <laughs> what are you talking about? Banner tells Thor it felt like Hulk was driving the car and he was in the trunk. Um, he's worried that if he turns back into Hulk again, he'll never come back. Uh, which is a good fear to have. <laughs> um, <laughs> Thor tells him they have to go to Asgard to fight his sister, and Bruce is not in for that at all. This was my second Bernie moment in the movie because uh, this is where Bruce is adjusting his pants and he tells he tells Thor that Tony wears his pants super tight. He's wearing Tony's pants and he, Tony wears his pants too tight. So it just seemed to hit the theme that you really like to talk about. <laughs> yeah, he's saying that, he's saying that Tony's got a tiny dick. <laughs> I think it's just Bruce has a hose. Hey, you can one, read it different that's ways. That's one thing but... that doesn't change back when he comes down from the Hulk. It stays the same. <laughs> it stays the same. It's like three feet. <laughs> so something isn't fitting right about those pants, clearly. And uh, I, I just imagined Bernie that you would like write a whole like thesis on this this one scene. I wrote, I wrote one. <laughs> I don't need to read. I have my own opinion. <laughs> um, there's a big Hulk party in the streets that's freaking Bruce out. Uh, people wearing masks, spraying uh, like green coloring powder and stuff all over the place. Um, Valkyrie shows up and uh, saves them and tells them she's part of the team because they run into some random bad guys and you know don't want to have a huge fight in the streets amongst the normies. So she saves them, tells them she's part of the team. They call themselves the Revengers, which I think is hilarious. Or at least Thor recommends the name uh, Revengers. I don't think everyone's on board with it. Uh, she has a peace offering, and that is Loki. Thor tells her that uh, that they're going to go through the big hole, and she set the big hole, the big red hole in the middle of the planet. And she says the devil's anus, and the devil's anus is just the collapsing neutron star inside an Einstein-Rosen bridge. I mean, everyone knows that. The the Einstein Rosen Bridge returns. Yeah. Amazing call, call what the Rainbow history. Bridge is. The Rainbow Bridge, the the space beam is an Einstein Rosen Bridge. Mm-hmm. There's no way that I caught that reference when I saw this movie in the theater, and then only because I watched the three movies back to back did I understand that 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 was a callback. One hundred percent. Yeah, I 
I would just like went way over my head. Like it's just nerd talk. Like oh, it's a collapse of Utah star. It's like movie jumble that you're just like, all right, whatever. Uh, they need a new ship though to go through it because her ship won't be able to uh, stay together as they pass through the Devil's Anus. Uh, uh, like a pleasure yacht, I think might work. Some sort of a pleasure cruiser. Who knows? <laughs> they'll have to get. They'll have to go to the Grand Master's shipyard and pick one out. Um, luckily, Loki tells them he stole access codes to the ships, and he will give it to the Revengers in exchange for safe passage. So that's convenient plotline. Um, it goes back to what I was saying. Loki had a plan all along. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's going to become a rather uh, especially important ship to the future. So, yeah, especially if you love orgies. <laughs> um, <laughs> they need they need to start a revolution as a distraction, and uh, they go and rescue Korg from the circle holding area. It cuts to the view of the tower, and we see faces of past champions. This is what we were talking about before a little bit. We see Beta Ray Bill, Man Thing, By Beast, Ares, and who am I forgetting, Dwayne? Not Nightcrawler. Uh... Dark Knight. No, Darkcrawler. Darkcrawler. Just combine all the names until we get it right. <laughs> I can't believe you guys forgot that one. Oh, man. I knew exactly who that was when I saw that statue. <laughs> Uh, the famous character that is uh, Dark Crawler. <laughs> I had no uh, idea who any of those were except for Beta Ray Bill. And I think Beta Ray yeah, Bill only because... About Beta Ray Bill. Yeah, we should. That's you know the... Man Thing is? Man Thing is like Swamp Thing, only Marvel's version. Marvel's ripped off version <laughs> of Swamp Thing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm, I'm losing my credentials here, but I don't know. But I do know Beta Ray Bill, so that's going to count for something. That's all that matters. You know, if you know one, you know them all, right? Am I right? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So dumb. Uh, Thor and Loki are working together to infiltrate and get the ship. They're in the elevator and they decide to play Get Help, uh, which is a game where Loki pretends to be hurt and knocked (laughs) out and he's like holding on to Thor. And Thor just screams, Get Help, please! And it just like. Distracts the guards where they're like, wait, what? And then he throws Loki at him and knocks him over. <laughs> uh, not sure why that would knock out the guards. That would just kind of like uh, inconvenience them for a minute where they would get back up and start fighting. But I guess throwing Loki at him just like completely knocks him out. No, didn't they get back up though? They grabbed their guns and laid, stuff. Though, I right? thought they just laid there. Or was there more guards? I don't know. They were shooting people. Oh, I don't know. I thought they just kind of got hit by him and then just lay there. But uh, Loki betrayed Thor, sets off the alarm to get the reward reward money. And because we've seen this throughout three movies and a couple Avenger movies, Thor knows that he's going to do this, so he stuck that electric disc on his back and <laughs> shocked him, knocking him out. Uh, Thor leaves Loki, and he steals a ship. We I, get, like, uh, I, I did like... Th- what rewatching it that he just left them there like he didn't turn off the shock he just left them there with the shock mm-hmm. yeah he, he left it yeah little shocking them away i absolutely yeah. love this scene right because he basically thor basically gives you like the the whole 
theme of of Loki's character in this scene. He's he tells him he's like he he says you're too predictable, uh, and that's how he knows that he's going to trick him. And that is like I love that that whole thing because that's like the whole story of of the movies, right? Like the best one of the best things about this movies is it's so unpredictable. We're going to get, I know we're, we're speeding towards the end here and we can talk about kind of like the, the twists that happen at the end, but, but this movie, unlike the first two in the series is you really, you never have any idea what's going to happen. And I think at the first two, even though I really liked the first one a lot, not so much the second one, but both of them are super predictable in terms of exactly how it was all going to go down. Um, and, and this one shakes it up. And it was like, he's like telling you, he's literally saying the words in the script, like, you're too predictable. I knew you were going to do this. Life is about growth and change. Uh, and he tells him that he could be more than what he is. Right. It's, it's such a great, like I said, I didn't believe Loki's, you know, growth in the second movie. I totally buy it when you've mm -hmm. got Thor basically kind of giving it to him straight in the scene. Like, it's just so, it's so fantastic. Yeah. And you always think like Loki learned the lesson and, he finally trusts Thor and like, he's going to make that change. And then he always betrays at the last <laughs> second. And you know, mm -hmm. like in your head, you're like, he's going to betray him. But then you're like, you hold out this hope that he's not going to. Mm -hmm. And he always does. And it's great. I love it every time. It's, it's always <laughs> yeah. great. It's fantastic. I love the whole story of, of get help because it's like, it's, I mean, the best thing about this movie is those two, the, the dynamic between those two characters. Yeah. Right. And, and just that whole way they're establishing this, like, Oh yeah, these guys were brothers. Like they grew up together. Yeah. They did all these shenanigans together. Like it's, it's fantastically done. And the story of the snake <laughs> when, when yeah. Loki, he talks about how Loki transformed into a snake and you're thinking, well, that's, that's a evil trick because you know, he turned into a snake and Thor's like, I love snakes. And the trick was that he turned into a snake and then he turned back and, and, and scared me that he wasn't really a snake. And it's like, <laughs> Oh man, that's <laughs> yeah. This is like, the first movie where I actually felt like they were like brothers and they grew up being close and like exactly. playing around as kids and stuff. None of the other movies, like the other movies, the cameras home that they're brothers, but you never like felt it. You know what I mean? And in this movie, you, know you actually it. felt it. Yeah, exactly. You, you know, I mean, that's and it's and it's so fun to have that dynamic between the two of them because it just makes the whole thing so much more interesting. Yeah, 100 percent agree. Um, we see an air fight scene that lasts for a good bit. Uh, Thor's ship, he still doesn't have guns on it because it's a leisure ship. It's used for good times and orgies. <laughs> uh, uh, Valkyrie does some badass shit. Like jumps out of hers, starts jumping on other ships and tearing it up with swords and whatnot. You know the usual ship uh, battle scene. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean we all jump from ship to ship in a battle, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> yeah, Thor does. He joins. I, in I the like fun. Yeah, Thor is like she can't have all the fun. <laughs> yeah, Thor does it too. So Banner Banner starts uh, piloting the leisure ship. Did, this this actually the ship was another scene where they made a joke. Going back to Thor two when he could just fly the ship, right? He's like, ah, it's a ship. You, I, anybody can fly these. Yeah. <laughs> Use one of your PhDs. <laughs> yeah, Banner has like nine PhDs or something absurd. Uh, Banner presses buttons to find a gun, but instead it shoots off fireworks and it distracts the Grandmaster's like security chief lady, and uh, makes her run into like a big rock or something kills her who cares uh, 
Cork in the rev. She had an alpha Valkyrie the whole movie. <laughs> yeah. She did. There was some history there. We don't know what happened, but there was definitely <laughs> some kind of. They had something going on. Didn't work out. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. Korg and the Revolution are going to steal a spaceship, and they find the device controlling Loki's uh, little thing on his back that's shocking him. They turn it off, and they ask him if he wants to join them. Uh, Hey, you want to join a revolution? (laughs) (laughs) Revengers go through the devil's anus, and then it cuts to Asgard. Uh, Scourge is yelling at the citizens of Asgard to return the Bifrost sword. They aren't saying anything, so Hela picks a lady for him to execute. Uh, you know, as like a thing to show his allegiance and show that he's like actually on her side and whatnot. Because at this point, he's just kind of like a follower. He hasn't actually killed anyone or done much of anything other than mop up real well. <laughs> he's uh, he's about to kill this uh, lady. <laughs> My notes say he's about to kill this bitch, but some other bitch in the crowd comes out and says he knows where the sword is. <laughs> some rat. Some guy comes out and rats on Heimdall. And then it cuts back to the Revengers, and they are knocked out from the G's of uh, traveling through that wormhole. Wormhole? <laughs> the wormhole? The wormhole. <laughs> The devil's anus. A warm the devil's hole. anus is a pretty warm hole. Lucky for them, it sent them straight to Asgard. I mean, roll the well, dice. And, hey, Heimdall uh, said, "Take the big one." He did. He told him, to "Take the big one." Yeah. Um, Hella found this where is... Heimdall is hiding. Everyone, sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say this is cool, right? Because this is because Hulk, well, Banner sees Asgard, and this is the first time any of the Avengers, other than Thor, have ever seen it, right? So it was, I thought they played it really well. Like it was they they played they they sufficiently spent some time on Banner's reaction to seeing Asgard, where he was kind of like, oh, I thought it would be nicer, yeah, and maybe not as much on fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was really funny. Uh, yeah, it's, it's like a big moment because no one's ever been to to uh, Thor's homeworld before. No one, none of the Avengers have ever been to Thor's homeworld, so I thought it was cool. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a really funny scene where he's like, "I thought it'd be nicer," and Thor's like offended by that. And he's like, "Well, I left on fire." <laughs> <laughs> um, Hella found where Heimdall was hiding. Everyone, they open the uh, doors, and everyone's gone. That's the Heimdall like going out the back way or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, every hideout has a, a back secret door, right? <laughs> yeah, every hideout has a devil's anus where they eat the skin. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the moral of the story. <laughs> when all else fails, go go to the anus. <laughs> <laughs> Words to live by, right there. Millennials love the devil's anus. <laughs> uh, so Thor gets dropped off at the palace. Uh, he sees the um, uh, what did I call that? The ceiling of exposition or the mural of exposition? <laughs> it was the ceiling. Yeah, you got it. it uh, I was thinking about that. Loki and Thor. Must have never walked under that ceiling ever. 
that not know about Hella, not know that they had a sister. They never looked up and like, oh, no, it, was, it, was it was covered. It was covered. I'm talking in the past. Oh, it was covered. It was covered, yeah. Oh. Remember she right. destroyed it. She destroyed right. it, and then the mm. piece of the ceiling fell down to reveal the true story. Right, okay, okay. <laughs> Much like Odin put up walls inside his heart of who he re- is as a real person. <laughs> 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 so stupid. Uh, so uh yeah, so Hella and Scourge are at the door where Heimdall was hiding people, and then they teleport immediately to the throne room where Thor is sitting and he's uh banging a staff while he's sitting on the throne. This is the first yeah. time we ever see him on the throne, right? Like this is I was getting serious end of the trilogy vibes in this scene because it was, I, I felt like, you know, that's how the trilogy opens. Well, trilogy, but you know, that's how things open is that he's, uh, uh, Odin's going to make him the king. And I don't think he ever sits on the throne until this scene. I think you're right. I don't think he does. Yeah. That's a good point. So I thought it was a cool, I thought it was like, this is when I was really getting the vibe. Like, oh, they're trying to, they're definitely doing a little bit of like a, Wrapping this up in a bow, doing a little bit of a circular thing here where it's like now we see Thor on the throne and we're going to really get the, the conclusion to this saga. Yeah. Heimdall is walking the civilians. Uh, they teleported from that forest uh, immediately to the Bifrost Bridge, uh, which was <laughs> convenient. Um, seems like the worst fucking idea in the world to take this group of 300 people, put them on a bridge that... Um, has no exits <laughs> other than uh, in front of you, but <laughs> yeah, and like if someone were to, I don't know, trap you in, you'd be pretty screwed. Oh, wait, that's exactly what happened. Uh, the big dog wolf is waiting for him on one side, and Scourge and his army of the dead on the other side. Heimdall doesn't see that coming, I guess. He sees <laughs> it. <laughs> I thought my reaction to this was there's water under this bridge. I thought in the first movie there's no water under the Rainbow Bridge, but in this movie it's all water. Is that? Yeah, am I just yeah, because Loki fell into nothing, right? Yeah, I, right. Think you're, I think they're. I think they're right. Uh, that was they. They put in water confused. as part of the Loki <laughs> remodel. He built, he built the statue and then he put water under the bridge. Yeah, he didn't want to fall off again. Just like his relationship with Thor, he put water under the bridge. <laughs> it's a metaphor, is what you're saying, Bernie. I get it now. It nope, it's literal. He literally put water under the bridge. Uh, Valkyrie starts shooting the big uh, dog thing. Wolf, wolf man, pig. And... Uh, uh, they turn around and, like I said, they see Scourge with his army of dead on the other side. Uh, it cuts to Thor and Hela, and they are fighting with each other. She cuts his eye out, which is holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> I have my mm-hmm. Holy shit. Just yeah. Slices his freaking eye out. Oh, my lord. Serious yeah. Star Wars vibes from this this scene. I don't know if anybody else felt that way. Like the whole the the parallels between this with his with Thor's dad, and then. Vader cutting off Luke's hand. I hope I'm not spoiling anything for anyone on Star Wars. Oh, <laughs> I thought you meant uh, thought the brother and sister were going to kiss like Luke and Leia. <laughs> <laughs> that too. That was that was definitely a possibility at this point. 
<laughs> no, it was like, you know, like I, the whole, the, when Vader cuts off Luke's hand and Luke, Luke feels like Luke realizes in that moment that he's becoming like his, he's becoming like Vader and he realizes he has to change tactics. And I felt like that's what happens here. Like she, she, cut, she slices his eye and he's, he's repeating, you know, the whole thing about his dad was that he, he enabled Hela. He's the reason that, that they're even in this situation. And I felt like that's the same epiphany that Thor's having right now. It's like, oh, I need to rethink the way I'm approaching this. Yep. 100% agree. Man. You Not might to be cross the best guests we've had on here yet. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm digging this. Good I'm trying to get real deep on you. I'm trying to blow your mind here, Bernie. I don't know if it's working. Our, but... guest, our guest actually knows what they're doing. This is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, you know what else I love? The next scene with Bruce, and he decides <laughs> he decides he needs to do something to stop this wolf. So he jumps out of the ship, and uh, he thinks he like, dude, this is another into the great scene on the bridge. But he does it. It's just Bruce's body that just like flops and hits his uh, bridge. <laughs> So funny! I laughed so hard in the movie theater whenever that happened because you don't expect me. You just thought it would be like the scene of him. Like yeah, he's going to transform in the air and yeah, put his like, <laughs> just Bruce's dead human body just laid on his bridge. Uh, but then the the wolf dog thing's about to attack uh, the people, and it stopped because the Hulk has its tail, and then they start fighting each other. Uh, uh, yeah, they 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 fight for a bit, and the Hulk obviously wins. The army of the dead starts plowing through the citizens, uh, pretty severely. They they kill a lot of citizens. <laughs> um, Heimdall's about to die, but then Korg saves him out of nowhere. The mm-hmm. old reveal of the new army coming in, like uh. Mm-hmm. Stannis Baratheon's army in the Battle of the Bastards out of Spoilers for Game of Thrones. Sorry <laughs> for people who haven't seen it. Um, he brought that spaceship with Loki. Uh, lots of room on that space. They picked a great ship to steal from the Grand Master. This ship mm-hmm. has enough room in it to put an entire civilization of Asgard. Now, now, are we to assume they went through the devil's anus too? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if All you can fit there. that many people in the devil's anus. <laughs> I don't know about you, but if I see one person go through an anus, I'm going I'm to Almost like a like you're connected like a train. <laughs> like a train through the devil. Maybe like a centipede. Like a, like a human centipede. <laughs> ass to mouth. Uh, yeah, millennials love eating ass. So. <laughs> Checks. <laughs> I don't even know where we are in this movie. Anyway. <laughs> We're on the bridge. The Hulk's fighting the dog, and more people, more reinforcements are coming. They load this uh, perfectly picked out ship with citizens, and they're fighting off the undead. Hela is stabbing Thor left and right. She's just like stabbing the fuck out of him. Uh, Mm -hmm. She taunts him, asking him uh, what uh, what he's the god of, and he has like a flashback of his father in Norway. 
Thor tells Odin that she's uh, uh, she's too strong without his hammer. He can't beat her. Odin says, "Are you? What are you? The god of hammers? Uh. I mean, come on, you're the god of thunder. So here's some lightning power <laughs> <laughs> instead of thunder power. Here's some lightning. <laughs> uh, so yeah, he uh, he turns all uh, white lightning e." And uh, he, he flies he, over to the bridge. Turns, and, he turns into Raiden. Yeah, he, yeah, he turns into Raiden. That's exactly <laughs> what he turns into is Raiden. And, I, uh, I don't know who that is. Mortal I did think this is an awesome scene. Mortal, oh, for Mortal Kombat. Kombat. It's such an incredible scene, though, right? Oh, my oh God. it is. When he lands on the bridge and he starts destroying the army of the dead with his lightning powers. Ooh, and they, they play that. It's <laughs> immigrant if, if song. Immigrant song. Exactly. And if you don't. Immigrant song? Yeah. It's the name of the song. It's Led Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin. I don't know. I my son. I took my older son to see this, this, this one in the movie theater back in 2017. And he was the only one old enough to see it. And, and this was the first Marvel movie that he saw in the theater. And after we left the theater, he demanded that I play that song in the car. Like that's how, <laughs> and, you know, he was, you know, he's 10 now. So he was what six or whatever, when the movie came out, like that's, that's how much, that's how much that scene had an effect on him that he was like, I want to hear that music. It's just, it's an incredible scene. It, if, if that scene doesn't get you kind of like pumped up for the conclusion of the movie, like you're just, you're, you're watching the wrong movies. Yeah. It's, it's, it's incredible. That's amazing. Oh man. I want to have those memories with my kids too. go see Marvel movies. Yeah. I'll never forget that one oh, for wait. sure. This is, this is a big one. He picked a great first movie to watch. Um, <laughs> So everyone's fighting. We see the Hulk fighting the wolf. Loki's fighting. Everyone's fighting. Scourge throws down his axe. Uh, he sneaks on to the evacuation ship uh, with a cloak of invisibility. His his armor didn't seem that big, but then he put the little disguise on, and he seemed like he was huge. <laughs> his armor is really big, <laughs> but if you wear a, a brown hood, people can't tell that you're wearing gigantic. <laughs> Now, we, we forgot to talk about this. Back when Bruce and Thor were on the Grandmaster's planet, and right. they're kind of walking around, Thor has that little That's hood true. over his yeah. head. And she says, what What are you doing? Like, everybody can see you. And they're like, no, I got this hood on. Yeah, but we can see your face. Well, not, not if not I do this. And he covers all but his eyes. That's your complaint in, like, every movie, that their disguise is just like a hat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they call it out explicitly in that scene. We forgot about that. I don't have Damn. a problem with it. It's the hat of invisibility that Captain America uses. <laughs> and Falcon. And uh, Hawkeye. And Black Widow. Uses it Black Widow uses sunglasses sometimes, too, when she's uh, sitting yeah, in the market right. sipping on coffee, sitting in a cafe. Yes, she has the um, cloaking sunglasses instead of hat. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so Scourge is on the ship. Hela walks down to the bridge. Loki, um, Valkyrie, and Thor meet her. Uh, because Hela gets her plan, her uh, powers from Asgard, uh, Thor comes up with a plan to cause Ragnarok. Well, because if there's no Asgard, there's no powers for her. But before he, before he tells him the plan, like they're all like. 
hey man, just hit her with the 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 lightning. And he's like, I just hit her with the biggest lightning bolt I've ever done, and it didn't phase her. <laughs> I thought that was awesome. Yeah. That was great. He was basically like, look, I tried that, guys, and you gotta trust me. It's not happening. Uh, you know, it's, uh, I tried that move. No, that was yeah. I mean, th- this part where Thor basically, it, I mean. I guess it's not really like mind blowing in terms of a twist, but at the, I can say at the time I did not see this coming. Like the, and this is what I'm talking about: the lack of predictability versus the, the prior two movies. It's like he flips it and he's like, "No, no, we're actually going to cause it." I didn't see that coming at all. Yeah, it's brilliant because um, that's where she gets her powers from. And if Asgard is destroyed, she won't have um, her powers. So they u- they have to use um, Surtur's crown to destroy the realm. So. Uh, they send Loki off to do that, and the other two just keep fighting. Um, uh, Loki gets the crown, and he stops, and he stares at the Tesseract. I'm sure he won't touch it. Uh, <laughs> Hela pins the ship with spikes, and the army of the dead are climbing up into it. Scourge appears uh, with his uh, guns, Dez and Troy, and he starts shooting them. And then he jumps out and he sacrifices his life to save the ship. Um, in the comics, he does a similar thing with an army of the dead. He sacrifices himself while using a uh, uh, assault rifles. And in the comics, Scourge is like a bumbling idiot, like uh, like he's the like the hand of Hela. He's like her, her like follower. He's like Goldar from. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Like, <laughs> he's like a bumbling yes. idiot, all right? But his death in the comics is so powerful and impactful. And I'm going to read you the little uh, the panels of his death. And, Skay, after I read this, and you tell me you don't want to read this story, I mean, come on. <clears throat> one, two, one, two. Red leather, yellow leather. Okay. <laughs> They sing no songs in hell, nor do they celebrate heroes, for silent is the dismal realm and cheerless. But the story of the Yaller Brew and the god who defended it is whispered across the nine worlds. And when a new arrival asks about the one to whom even Hela bows her head, the answer is always the same. He stood alone at Yaller Brew, and that answer is enough. What do you think about that, Skay? I understood at least three quarters of those words, I think. <laughs> I don't know what a yaller uh, brewer is. That's the uh the that's like the bridge to from hell to uh, the land of the living, I believe. Oh, okay. Um, um that's sounds good. That's like talking about his sacrifice to uh to the world. Is that a is that a modern like a more recent uh, story, Bernie, or is that does that go go back? Eighties, in the eighties. Oh, okay, that was kind of the heydays for for this kind of stuff. I think that's a whole other can of worms talking about more more recent comics versus older comics. But that's yeah. that's cool though. I, I think um, in, in do you know in the comics is our scourge and execution of the same character? Because I was surprised yes. they were the same character. Okay, yes, they are the same. I, I didn't know that. Um, yeah, it's a, I thought it was cool finish for for the character. I think um, Carl Urban, 
like he's a pretty famous actor, right? So I was a little thrown by his whole his whole kind of role in this movie, just as this character. Like he he gets some yeah. fun and interesting stuff to do, especially we talked about at the beginning when he's kind of you know making it rain with his cool toys and in, in his pad at the at the Bifrost when he's taking over for Heimdall and and you know acting all like the the man. Um, but he's uh, he's definitely not like the way they cast him. He doesn't have. I wouldn't say he has a major role in the movie. I don't know if you all disagree, but he, he, he serves an important purpose in terms of he's, he's the character that Hella bounces everything off of and she's able to talk and give her exposition through the middle of the movie because he's there to be her servant. Um, and then he obviously has this arc where he kind of comes in at the end and, and redeems himself, but he's not like a, he's not like a driving character of the movie. Like he's not with Thor on, on Sakaar and all that kind of stuff. So I was surprised that they, that they used him in that way. Yeah. And it's, it's like in the comics. He's like a coward. He's like a bumbling idiot. And then his death at the end, like, saves everyone. And, like, he gets this, like, big moment of redemption, like, seemingly out of, like, nowhere. And it's, like, mm-hmm. so impactful. It's one of the most impactful deaths that I think I've ever read in comics. Just because it's, like, like this is, like, Scourge. He's, like, such a, like an idiot character. But, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It was just so like beautifully written that like this like tribute to this like bumbling idiot and him sacrificing himself for to save everyone else. Um, I just think it's amazing, and uh, you should definitely. That's cool. That. I wanted to know. Yeah, I didn't realize like, it was part of this. I wanted to know what the magazine size on those guns was. Like how he shot a <laughs> lot of bullets Un- out of each yeah. gun. Unlimited <laughs> ammo. No, he eventually ran but he, he never put another clip in. Did, didn't you know those assault rifles can hold at least 300 bullets each? <laughs> he was pumping a lot of lead out towards <laughs> yeah, those zombies. Yeah, it was absurd. Um, so Surtur arises and he starts to destroy empty Asgard because everyone's been evacuated. Uh, Hulk starts... <laughs> you just see Hulk run and jump and start to attack him. Um <laughs> And Thor screaming at him to stop you, moron. <laughs> um, for once in your life, don't smash. And then Hulk just kind of like sulks. He's like, but big monster. <laughs> so so here, here's my question for this part, right? So you, like you said, Bernie, I'm sure that Loki isn't going to touch the Tesseract when he sees it in the, in the you know, collection, the museum or whatever that he walks through. But why doesn't he use it here? With the Tesseract is so powerful... Why doesn't he take that and use the power of the Tesseract to like, I mean, I don't even honestly know. I don't recall exactly. Well, I think that's, that's a a spoiler, right? I'm not sure if we're supposed to talk about that part, but I mean, maybe he takes it. I don't know. Maybe he does, but, but regardless of whether he does or he doesn't, why, why doesn't he take it and use it right here against Hella? Like why, like it's so powerful, right? Like you could probably, I don't know, zap her into another, what does it do? It opens portals and stuff, right? You could, you could beam. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Do you think maybe he's a big fan of Thor's plan? (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. Is he capable of wielding that? in any way right now like he we saw a very long time ago he had the staff with the mind stone in it right but he doesn't have like what can he do with just the the cube with your hands yeah 
Um, that is a fair point. Samuel, That's a fair point. Unless you're Samuel L. Yeah. Jackson wearing yeah. gloves, and then you can hand it, you can do whatever the fuck you want with it. You can touch it for a little bit, just like hot potato it over to a box. Look, look, look. Yeah, I don't know. The rules are iffy on the uh, Tesseract. But yeah, uh, he probably could use it. I don't know. I, I just I don't think that they they uh, I don't think obviously none of the other members of the Revengers know that it's there and I just I was like oh I wonder why he doesn't just grab that and be like hey we've got another great weapon to use here but it's a good point you know it's pro- it's probably not the kind of thing that you can just pick up and suddenly decide to uh, to to wield and, and do crazy things with yeah I, I think it's mostly because the script tells him not to. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why he wouldn't, but yeah, because it has to do with because if you think about it, he could beam her away from uh, Asgard, right? And then she wouldn't have her powers. She'd still be alive. Yeah, but they could just go beat beat her wherever she is. But she's still powerful, though. She's more mm-hmm. powerful in Asgard. But she's still powerful. Yeah. I think once you destroy, well, and then. Um, she dies with um, uh, what the fuck is the guy's name? Uh, Surter. Yeah, she dies with him. So not only does he destroy Asgard, take her powers, but then he also kills her. And I don't think they're confident enough that they can kill her on their own. You know what yeah. I mean? So they just mm-hmm. let this guy do it. She was pretty um, powerful in Norway. So yeah. wherever they beam her to, yeah. she's going to be powerful. Yeah, wherever the fuck they beam her to, she's still going to be powerful. That's true. That's fair, and we've established that she that Loki is is scared to death of her. So, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. So uh, Hela and Surtur fight each other uh, to the doom, and they pretty much both lose. Thor and everyone else escape. Uh, Korg says the damage isn't too bad. Foundation's strong. We can rebuild. <laughs> blah blah blah. And then the whole realm just fucking explodes. <laughs> <laughs> well now those foundations are gone <laughs> uh, so sorry uh, Thor gets an eye patch for his uh, missing eye Loki comes to talk to him uh, they have a nice little share a nice little moment there call back to where he throws at, something at him to make sure it's actually him Ship yes. is flying, and Thor comes to take the throne as the rule of Asgard. He sits on the, the makeshift throne there in the ship. Uh, at Asgard is a peep. It's the people, not the place. Mm. Where, home is where the heart is, kind of message. Mm. Um, Heimdall asks where to. Thor asks people for suggestions. He asks Meek. <laughs> and Korg says, oh, Meek is dead. <laughs> <laughs> I accidentally stepped on him on the bridge. <laughs> I feel guilty, so I've been carrying him around. And then Meek is actually alive. He goes, Oh, Meek is alive. And then that's how it ends. Or says Earth it is, and then that's how the movie ends. And then we get two end credit scenes. Uh the first one is about two seconds long. Thor and Loki are talking. A gigantic shift. Um, ship comes up and like dwarfs theirs. Uh, one, a really big, bad purple dude would probably ride in. One and might think then, so. I'm just throwing out a, a guess. I don't know whose ship it is. Could be anyone's. The second 
is uh, the Grand Master. He's crawling out of his ship, and he gets surrounded by the uh, scrappers, kind of like we saw at the beginning <laughs> of the movie. Uh, he declares the revolution to be a tie. <laughs> and that's, I love that scene. Gore 3 Ragnarok. I don't know if you guys are as big of a music music nerds as I am, but um, in that throne, in that scene that you mentioned, Bernie, at the end of the movie proper, before the before the initial credits roll, when Thor takes the throne and then declares that they're going to go to Earth. So, like the whole movie, like I was I was hearing a lot of like Stranger Things kind of music, which I think this movie. I don't know yeah, if this there movie was produced. there was a yeah. lot of synth music. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of like '80s style. It was there was a very like Mad Max kind of feeling to it you know what i mean and um stranger things obviously picks up on a lot of that eighties nostalgia i don't know which one came first but i was i was definitely hearing a lot of that and i and i loved it yeah like i was really into it but that throne scene at the end when he's sitting when he's like earned the throne on the ship and they he's the leader now right they they had the uh the the theme from the the first Thor movie plays in the background um probably way too too music nerdy uh, for anybody else to care about but i thought that was cool oh love it and uh, so that's Thor 3. Only two things left to do. <laughs> Rank it and rate it. We're going to start with the rating out of 10. 10 being the highest score possible, 1 being the lowest. <laughs> Bernie has <laughs> to explain this now. <laughs> it was a question asked during our Burn Appetit episode. I'd just like to clarify that 10... When you rate something one to ten, ten is typically the highest. So we're gonna start with you, Mike, as our esteemed guest. Ske goes last as uh, as is canon to the show. So you go first as our guest. Out of ten, what do you give Thor Ragnarok? Uh, so I'd love to meet the people who don't know that 10 is supposed to be the best uh, on the scale from 1 to 10. That's pretty awesome. I am going to give Thor Ragnarok a 9.5 out of 10. That is my Woo. score. When I saw this movie, you know, this was, to me, this was the best, not to get ahead of myself on the rankings, but to me, this was the best of the Marvel movies that I had seen. And I, 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 can't, give it the, I can't give it the perfect 10, but I give it a 9.5. Wow. High praise. High, the highest of praise, one would say. Well, not the highest, because it's a half a point, but almost the highest <laughs> praise. Dwayne, out of 10. I'm, uh, just because I know we have other movies to score, <laughs> I'm going with a 9.25. 9.25 is still really high. Um, what's your reasoning? You think other movies that you've seen are better and you want to keep your scale intact a little bit yes <laughs> okay perfect um, i'm gonna give this movie a 9.75 uh, this is One up. wow <laughs> this is by far my favorite marvel movie i think it's the perfect superhero movie it does everything right it's funny it's compelling it's deep it's action filled it's fun mm. i dare anyone to watch this movie and tell me that they didn't have fun watching it it's it's perfect it's everything you could ever ask for from a blockbuster movie for two hours to be entertained you're laughing i mean 
what, what else do you want from a movie than this? I think it's it's the perfect yeah. Marvel movie. It's the gold standard for me. I can't give any movie a perfect ten. I don't believe tens exist. Um, I'm with you. Five. Well, if that Norway CGI was good, it might have got there, though. <laughs> it would have probably got a 9.91. <laughs> but the fact that they didn't fly to Ireland or Norway to use an actual cliff. I think if, it, if, think if they had included the extended Hulk hot tub scene, that would have gotten a 10. If we would have seen oh, the Hulk yeah. stick, it would have gotten a 10. Fully extended hot tub scene. <laughs> It would have gotten one point for every inch of Hulk dick. <laughs> so we would have been over 10, maybe. Let's see, yeah. What is it going to get? Like a 26 or something? <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. I don't know. How big do you think it is, realistically? <laughs> really big. Realistically. But how tall is the Hulk? So maybe it's not that big whenever it's the scale of the Hulk. I don't know. A two-foot-long dick is big no matter how big. <laughs> right? It's really pretty big, yeah. I wouldn't want to take it in the... I wouldn't want to go in the devil's anus with a two-foot-long dick. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> all right, Skate, it's your turn. <laughs> I give Thor Ragnarok an 8.75. Ooh, low, low man on the totem pole. Well, that's pretty high for me. Uh, I liked it. It was very good. Best Thor, the most powerful Thor versus the most powerful villain uh, that we've seen. So uh, it was a good movie. It was funny. I wasn't as big a fan of the rock dude of Taika Waititi in the film. (laughs) Just I thought it was like a little. How you don't like him? I thought. A lot of his stuff was like a little cheesy, like uh, kind of kiddie. That's the whole point of it, though. Uh, yeah, but uh, dumb humor. That's the whole point of it. Uh, see, I hated the humor in Ant Man, so <laughs> this it just no, see, you're some of it was good. It's basically what you're telling. Some of it, no, some of it was good. Some of his shit was good. The whole uh, the hammer pulling him off and everything <laughs> was good, but some of it oh just my like God, eh, the hammer whatever. You off? He, you have a very intimate relationship with his hammer, whatever he said after that. Yeah. Um, you know, some of his shit was good. Uh, I, I did. I liked it. 8.75. That's a very good score for me. How does that rank amongst your others? If Do you want me to find out? Yeah. Wait, we will find out when we rank them. Uh you want me to go first to show say, Mike, Mike how it, yes uh, how it's kind of done maybe Dwayne Dwayne is uh, canonically is that the correct way to say that Can, canonically the worst at doing the rankings so we always mm. like to start with him so he can embarrass himself this doesn't uh, surprise me this is the this I've is gotten the, smart though I wrote it down this is the three <laughs> beers and MCU way to rank the movies. It's so stupid. It makes me laugh every time we do it. But go ahead, Dwayne. All right. Thor 3, 1. Avengers 1, 2. Spider-Man 1, 3. Captain America 3, 4. Doctor Strange 1, 5. Iron Man 1, 6. Captain America 2, 7. Guardians 1, 8. Captain America 1, 9. Black Panther 1, 10. Guardians 2, 
11, Captain Marvel 1, 12, Thor 1, 13, Iron Man 2, 14, Iron Man 3, 15, Ant-Man 1, 16, Avengers 2, 17, Thor 2, 18, Hulk 1, 19. You got a lot of numbers in there, Dwayne. <laughs> a lot of numbers in there. You really. Yep. Listening to it, it doesn't make any sense. And that's why we like it. Are you confident, and, or do you want me to go, Mike? I, I'll, I'm up for whatever, whichever way you want to go. I, I do have my list, but I, I don't right, want to break protocol here. We'll let you go. If you don't have to do it our stupid way, you can do it however you want. I'll just pre- I'll just preface it by saying, Dwayne, your list is is very wrong in a lot of respects. Like you, you've got a Panther way too far down, buddy. I, you did get a, you did get a lot right at the top. I'll give you that. So number one, yeah, Thor Ragnarok definitely for me. Um, Bernie, I echo everything that you said earlier. The only reason I gave it a nine point five, there is a future movie in the series that I will rank higher. And it's we have you guys haven't gotten to it yet, so I don't put it on this list. Ant Man and the Wasp, huh? You can, <laughs> exactly. You can just I, say Spider Man Far From Home. <laughs> I was so I was so excited to get to to do this movie with you guys. So when I talked to Dwayne originally about being on the podcast, he was like, "I'm like, yeah, I'll definitely do it." And what you know, which movie? And he's like, "Well, it's going to be tough. A lot of the movies have already been taken." So I was like, "Shoot, he's going to give me like I'm going to be doing like a DVD extra." Uh, from the Avengers DVD or something like that. I'm going to be on for like the the story about how the suitcase gets misplaced or something in the DVD extras. And then he was like, how about Thor 3? And I was like, are you kidding? This is my favorite, you know, Marvel movie, you know, up to this point. So just couldn't have gotten a, couldn't have picked a better one. Thor Ragnarok, definitely number one for me. Perfect. Avengers one is number two. Like, now, Dwayne, I'm doing your thing. <laughs> <Double numbers>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, the Avengers is number two. That to me was a perfect movie until Ragnarok came out. Like I agree with what you said, Bernie, about this being a perfect movie. But before this, Avengers to me was a perfect movie. Like the pacing of that movie, the way that it just carries you along. You you never stop and think for a second that you're sitting and watching a movie. It just carries you along so relentlessly. That movie is is unbelievable and was was tops for me before Ragnarok came along, and then uh, Captain America: Winter Soldier number three, Black Panther number four. Dwayne, it's criminal that you have this at ten. Black Panther is an unbelievable movie. Uh, so much going he's, on in that movie. He's famously racist. <laughs> <laughs> no, the problem is I, pit, I pigeonholed myself in my early ratings. Yeah, everything is that right? Gave everything a seven point five, and then he had to figure out how to separate that in his ranking, and then it's just all the good ones got a seven point seven five too. There's about four or five of those mixed in there. I see. So you're battling your mistakes of the past, Dwayne. Now, now I understand. He's exhibiting growth here later on in the podcast. Number five for me is Guardians of the Galaxy. Tremendous. Totally changed the game for Marvel. Completely, like, it was a tone changer. Def- directly led to this movie. Unbelievable. Uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, number six. Iron Man, number seven. Uh, Captain America, First Avenger, number eight. Doctor Strange, number nine. Civil War is ten. I have Ant-Man at eleven. I loved Ant-Man. I thought, I think, as far as debut movies go, I put him pretty high up there. Uh, the original Thor is number 12. Iron Man 3, number 13. Captain Marvel at number 14. I, I listened to some of the prior episodes. I think people rate Captain Marvel way too high. I, I was not as as bullish on that movie. I don't know why people have it up as high as they do. You famously um, hate women. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I walked right into that one, didn't I? Uh, 
Guardians 2, number 15, Iron Man 2, 16, Incredible Hulk, 17, Thor The Dark World, 18, and Avengers Age of Ultra, Age of Ultron, 19. And I am probably oh. a little bit biased. It's, it's, it's the worst one for me, even worse than Thor The Dark World. I'm probably a little bit biased because of what has come out about the making of that movie and just the understanding of Whedon. all of the kludge. Yeah, Whedon, but specifically the the fact that they kind of couldn't figure out what they wanted to do and there were a lot of rewrites. It, it's it's never, never helpful to the memory of a movie to understand that not only did it not make sense when I watched it, but it didn't make sense when they wrote it either. So that's, that's why that one ranks last. As Sheldon from The Big Bang Theory famously says, Whedon! <laughs> only for not funny reasons uh, <laughs> alright I will go next because Gay goes last <clears throat> Thor 3 1 Captain America 2 2 Spider-Man 1 3 Avengers 1 4 Guardians 1 5 Iron Man 1 6 Black Panther 1 7 Ant-Man 1 8 Doctor Strange 1 9 Captain Marvel 1, 10. Captain America 1, 11. <laughs> Guardians 2, 12. Captain America 3, 13. Avengers 2, 14. Thor 1, 15. Iron Man 2, 16. Thor 2, 17. Iron Man 3, 18. And Incredible Hulk 19. Wow. I gotta break up these ones. These The, the ones just seem like too many as I'm going through this. That is a crushing rating for Iron Man 3 by you. Like You really didn't like that uh, movie. Any movie that puts a little kid as a lead character for no reason is automatically bottom tier. <laughs> Bernie uh, hates kids. That's what he's saying. Famously hates kids. I would. I will gladly take that versus racist hates women. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to be famously loves kids. So I'll, uh, I will be famously hates kids. <laughs> All things considered. Um, Skay, go ahead and give us your absurd ranking. Okay, <laughs> here we go. Avengers 1, 1. Guardians 1, 2. Thor 3, 3. Iron Man 2, 4. Doctor Strange 5. Captain America 3, 6. Iron Man 1, 7. Spider-Man 1, 8. Black Panther 9. Guardians of the Galaxy 2, 10. Avengers 2, 11. Captain America 2, 12. Iron Man 3, 13. Thor 2, 14. Captain Marvel, 15. Captain America 1, 16. Thor 1, 17. Hulk 1, 18. Ant-Man 1, 19. <laughs> wow, wow. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. You're blowing my mind. I don't think I know anybody who rates. I mean, there's a lot of controversy on that list, but I don't think I don't think I know anyone who ranks Captain America two that low. People, I mean, people really revere that movie. I mean, it's it's about middle of the pack. It's twelve. It was it was one of my like seven point fives or seven point seven fives or something like that. It's, it's Robin gave rating. it a ten. Our guest gave that movie a ten. Mm-hmm. It's, it's closer to a ten than a seven point five. I think ten might be a little high. But... It's a great movie. He gave Ant Man a three. <laughs> yeah, he likes he likes Iron Man two because of Mickey Rourke. Yeah, <laughs> Mickey Rourke was looking good. 
So yeah, that's this is what we deal with on this show. <laughs> All right, that just about wraps it up for another episode of Three Beers and MCU. There's only one more segment left to do, and that's a little segment we call plugs. Mike, you got anything you want to plug away at? I don't have anything to plug. This is my first ever podcast, so thank you for uh, going easy on me. I have nothing, uh, nothing else to plug. But I, it's been a, an awesome experience. You guys are, you guys are crushing it on this series. Like I listen to the series, I thank laugh, so I cry. Thank you. Uh, you know, um, so <laughs> the, the only thing I'll plug is it's, it really is. I have to I have to say I just you know I go through it all uh, when I listen to you guys. So the only thing I'll plug is uh, have me back. Let me come back and do something else with you guys. That's what I'll plug. Absolutely. Well, you got to come back at the end of the show to rank all. I say twenty three, <laughs> but then we're going to end up having to do Black Widow and Eternal. And <laughs> <Spider> -Man <3. laughs> so you're going to have to Excellent. keep coming back to rank to re rank the movies uh, over the next decade. It seems. So, uh, <laughs> don't I'll leave it, I'll... dying on us. <laughs> uh, I'll do the DVD extras when you guys get there. So just just, just call me up. Uh, it was pleasure having you on. It was uh, you were a great guest, uh, prepared. Thanks, guys. Knew what you were talking about. Breath of fresh air compared to some of the other dopes we have. <laughs> 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 uh, Dwayne Skay, what do you want to plug? Uh, you're listening to Three Beers and an MCU Name Pending podcast. Bon Appetit podcast. Oh, there you go. Another podcast that we do together called Burn Appetit. Yeah, we do Burn Appetit. The whole rest of the Across the Streams media crew out there. All the rest of the good stuff that we have available, CrossTheStreamsMedia.com. Um, I, don't, I don't know. What did I leave out? You got it all. I don't know. Uh, if I were a new listener and I heard that pitch... I'm heading straight to crossthestreamsmedia.com and I'm listening to all the podcasts. That was such a great you you sold it, Skate. You really nailed, you really nailed what we're about at Cross the Streams Media. I like the part where you're like stumble through the names of what the shows are and gave I didn't see I bypassed all that. I said all the good ones over at crossthestreamsmedia.com. You know? Like it's oh yeah, all the good ones. Yeah, they're all good. They're, all, they're good. all good. You can't remember the names of them. That's how I know that they're all good. <laughs> Jesus Jesus I mean, Christ. Christ, we give the list every episode. If you haven't heard the list by now, shit, where you been? Never Under a rock? people listen to all the episodes. Dave. Little podcast, right? Well, maybe I want to leave a little suspense in it, you know. Find out what podcasts are at crossthestreamsmedia.com. Go search. Oh, look out. <laughs> well, Dwayne, I assume you're going to plug the same exact thing. So yes. That will wrap it up. Okay. You get the pleasure of closing this out, as always. So take it away. All right, boys. Let's go hop on that pleasure yacht and fly right up that devil's anus. Uh, for me, the rest of the guys here, um, thanks for listening to our review of Thor Ragnarok, a, a three beers and a mic podcast on the Cross the Streams Media Network.
This has been a Cross the Streams Media Podcast.